And now, introducing the man who's been petitioning Disney Plus to remove Loki from its streaming service for what he called a, quote, complete and utter dereliction of duty, unquote, after he realized that Owen Wilson was unlikely to mutter his catchphrase, wow, at any point in the series. When asked what the most memorable instance of fight or flight kicking in in his life was, he didn't hesitate at all when recalling the moment he was confronted by a teacher in the men's restroom for washing his face using toilet water, prompting him to, quote, escape through the third story window, unquote. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Press Box. It is Glenn Clark Radio, Thursday edition of the program. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Kyle Ottenheimer. Young Jack is here as well. Much to do on today's show. Coming How's my up. voice sound? Better? Am I getting there? Better. Better. Still a little. I've been drinking. I've been dr- I don't have any tea. Better. I don't have any tea. You should probably get some. No, I've there just are, been there are these, warm water with honey. Stores just doing that. I don't know if you've heard of them. No, I never heard of it. Grocery stores. Unfamiliar. And bodegas. And there's no, all, all sorts never, of options. Never heard of it. Convenience stores. Nope. Man, it's it's real weird that you wouldn't know where to go to get tea. No, just it just being, doesn't exist. Just being honest with you, that's that's very strange. Yeah, very strange maybe you're strange. Um, coming up on today's program, we're going to check in with Greg Amzinger from NF... Or from, I did that. I did that. I can't, on the I did conversation? That. Yes. We pre-recorded it, and yeah. I did that at one point during that, and I, I don't know what's going on in my brain. He's, of course, with the MLB Network. Yeah. No reason to be talking to... Maybe it's because of uh, Greg Rosenthal, NFL Network. Maybe I'm associating Greg... Yeah, however you can justify network. it. That might, well, I mean, I've been saying that a lot recently, so that might be the answer. That might be what the situation is. Of course, every is. Greg works for NFL Everybody Network. Everybody knows that. I don't. I talk to that one a lot. Greg, oh my God, Ash Barty's about to get a bagel to finish off Angelique Kerber. And a the bagel? What are they? What's what are they? What? Uh, they uh, they they sell those actually at Wimbledon. They put. Wouldn't a lot you of wait till after the match is over? No, normally? no, they're 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 just really refreshing during the course of a match. Are they, they do chives there? Um, locks, but no chives. No, Honestly, really. chives is the superior cream cheese, I believe. Um, I love locks. Don't get me wrong. I think you could put well, locks isn't cream cream cheese. I know, it's but they a do completely different concept. Mm, they do locks cream cheese as well. They locks flavored cream cheese. Yeah. Yes, but that's not locks. That's locks flavored cream cheese. Look, I don't know why you're getting They're so upset. They're two different. Upset. <laughs> I'm you're just making statements about the chives Wait, being the superior cream cheese. That's, that's okay, but you were comparing it to locks, which is not a cream cheese. There are locks cream cheeses. You, you keep doing this. It's a fact. Locks cream cheese is I'm not aware. locks. I'm aware. You're trying to get out of this. I'm aware. You cannot get out of this. I'm just saying. You goofed. No, 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 no. Yes, you erred, if you will. No, no, no. No, you did. Huh. That's the way it worked. Mm-mm. Greg Amzinger, MLB Network. Oh, God, what am I going to do? Although, I'll have a six and a four year old with me for the next two and a half weeks, so I'll feel just the same. This morning, I'm watching the match as I'm trying to do crunches the entire time. Oh, look at you. Who's who's winning? Who's winning, Dad? Ash Barty is winning. But what's the score now? Who's winning now? Still Ash Barty. But who's got three? Mm. Well, they can't read, Glenn. Can one read? Yeah, he can read a little bit. He can. He's he's doing all right. He's getting there. Is he Dostoevsky level? Is oh he getting there? Oh my God! You should yeah. have been. He's he read the Iliad the other day. <laughs> I was very confused. It was weird how he had the rhythm yeah. of it down. You know. Asked me to. Well, okay. Now Ash Barty's trying to blow it. She's trying to blow a six-love lead in a tiebreak. She this, probably shouldn't have had that bagel. Th- th- that was a mistake. Yeah. Carbon up in the middle of a match. Right. Why would you do that? Greg Amzinger is hosting MLB Network's draft coverage on Sunday night. We will chat with him about that. And, yeah, we had to pre-record it a little bit earlier on today because of uh, his timing. Uh, So we'll talk to Greg Amzinger a bit later on. Also coming up this morning, we will make a trip to Aberdeen. 
visit with one of the Ironbirds today, one of the Orioles' top prospects. Gunnar Henderson will join us, perhaps shortstop of the future here in Baltimore. Um, oh, good. It's, it's over. Ash Barty is on to the Wimbledon ladies' final on Saturday. She will face the winner of Carolina Pliskova and Arena Sabalenka coming up. More bagels on. in her future. That, I would will. think, yeah. Well, she didn't get the bagel, actually. Tiebreak so not being me. a bagel. Well, she she was going for it, but she didn't get it. Well, she's going to wait it until the match It still doesn't over. make lox a cream cheese. It does. Even if there's, there's lox cream cheese. You keep saying that. There is. There can be lox flavored cream cheese. Well, sometimes it's they mix it lox. in. Sometimes they like dice up the uh-huh. salmon and they'll mix you it keep, in. You keep doing that. At which point it is lox and cream cheese. No, it's 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 cream cheese. Well, yeah. It's semantics. Not what it is. No, no, not semantics. Well, <laughs> You're just wrong. I'm half Jewish, Glenn. <laughs> you, you know what? You're right about that. Yeah. You're right about that. Uh, also, later on in the program, Adam Rank from NFL.com. He was supposed to join us earlier this week. Uh, wrote a piece recently about the state of the Ravens. We will chat with him about that. So that's all coming up, and you never know what other uh, uh, surprises might be in store for you during the course of the morning. Today's show brought to you by Great Eights Memorabilia. I still cannot get over how ridiculous this is. $108 is the cost. And I understand that's actual money, that's real. But for your $108 on July 25th, you are getting, at Jimmy's Famous Seafood, a crab feast. So we start with that. I, I might spend $100 on crabs alone sometimes, but get the crab feast. Well, it's more the Throw, treatment, right? It's true. I mean, it's Well, okay, let's not do that <laughs> bit. That's a bad bit here. You get the all-you-can-eat buffet of Jimmy's Famous Favorites. Again, super easy for me to spend $100 on food at Jimmy's. You get an open bar. Kyle can't do that without spending $100 worth on booze. It's impossible. Well, if it's an open bar, yes. then I'm spending whatever it costs. I understand that. What I'm saying is oh, if no, you had I'll to pay for it. Oh, no, I'll make the bar pay. Yeah. Oh, you, they, yeah, they, no they will not be making any money on you no, I'll go with the, in that scenario. I don't want any right? rail in that instance. You're giving me the best you got. Yeah, We're right. going to make it happen. All right. So there's that. Then, add on to that, a VIP meet and greet with Tyus Bowser. I think you've heard of that gentleman's work. And a portion of what you're paying is being donated to the Casey Cares Foundation to help them out. It's an unbelievable offer. July 25th, Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Go to the website, greateightsmemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, greateightsmemorabilia.com in order to get your tickets for the Return to Training Camp Crab Feast Party with Tyus Bowser benefiting Casey Cares coming up on July 25th. Uh, Orioles not particularly competitive last night. Uh, I'm starting to think that maybe Matt Harvey's just not going to work out for the Orioles. No, He's not going to be. I say that he just needs a break. Yeah, he needs a rest a little bit. Yeah, just might not be the superstar that we all knew he to was going to be arriving. Wonky in first inning. I, I'm sure that's the. I'm sure a wonky first inning last night is the story of why Matt Harvey you see it? Or Matt Harvey has sucked. No, You're familiar with what I happened? Didn't, I have no idea what happened, and I frankly don't care. But sure, go ahead. Man on first and second. Uh huh. No outs. Yeah. Ryan McKenna mm-hmm. makes a, what appears to be a diving catch in left field. Mm-hmm. Would have been a great catch. Yeah. They call him out. Okay. Caught it. Yeah. Uh, Tra- Simeon, Marcus Seaman, if you will. Yes. Uh, rounding third as right. if it was not caught. Yes. Is now kind of confused between home and third and right. kind of like wandering back to third base. Right. Meanwhile, Ryan McKenna throws uh-huh. to third base. They tag Simeon out before he is able to touch the base. Right. Yippee. thought you said he was on then, third. Then you said he was, he was on, on first. second. No, there's a man right. on first and second. Listen, right. stick with me. So they tag him out. Maybe it's a double play now. We're like, woof, look at that. How about that? Mm-hmm. 
Now they throw to second, where mm-hmm. in theory, because there's two men at first now. There's the hitter mm-hmm. and the guy who was on first. They mm-hmm. throw to second because it's a force out, right? Right. Try and get that one. Is this a triple play? Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. Nobody's out. They say that because they called him out in outfield and yeah. he did not actually catch it. Yeah, that's the rule. That, in fact, the seaman has to advance home. And I don't know it was, it was a run scored for the Blue Jays. Yeah, I, I don't know why it's home. It would seem like they would just put the runners on first, second, and third. But still, I mean, that is that is the rule. Like, I think it, it's consp- conspiring against it's defi- the Orioles. It's definitely not in any way. And it has nothing to do with the fact that Matt Harvey's garbage. No, he would have been no, great no, after that. No, it was more like a snowball effect, certain, a butterfly effect, if you will. Yeah, what no. had happened? What would have happened had it been a right. double play? So the moral of the story is that Matt Harvey stinks. We all knew he was going to stink. This is not surprising. No, it's okay. I'll care. You know, it's okay. I'll be the one to care. I, I don't know what it is that you're caring about, but I would... Uh, uh, call somebody, seek therapy, do whatever you got to do in your life. There is uh, nothing going on there. Uh, Trey Mancini is the number six seed for the home run derby, so should be a fun there's derby. There's that Soto versus Otani. They're really trying to get one of those guys out early, huh? I yeah. I mean, well, they <laughs> they apparently seeded the players based on the number of home runs they have this season. Well, Soto has like seven or eight. No, he has like ten probably. He's right. been injured a little bit. Right. And hasn't quite been 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 so hitting the power the way other used to. I don't. But. I don't know what other way you do this. This is the way that they do it. They seed the players based on the number Fan of voting. home runs. I, I guess you could do it that way. Trey Mancini will face Matt Olson in the first round. Joey Gallo and Trevor Story on the other side of the bracket. Uh, Otani, Soto, Salvador Perez, and Pete Alonso on the left side of the home run derby bracket for Monday night. So there's that. The Orioles will play one more against the Blue Jays tonight, and I will also probably end up passing. I'm sorry. It's not. I don't hate the Orioles. I just there's other things that I can be watching. Um, soccer remains quite compelling. England in extra time. Yes, it was a bit of a crap call on the penalty. I I get why they didn't overrule it because. That's not something you can overrule, but it shouldn't have been called to begin with. That's weak sauce to award a penalty for. Um, that being said, England did vastly outplay Denmark after Denmark scored the original goal. It's not It's not in a, a terrible result that England advances. They were deserving really of that. What? Why do you think it's a terrible result? Well, we hate England here. Why? I don't know if you heard. Oh, is there a war? Yeah. yeah. We're still, still not over that? Well, we won. So well, still. I, I think we're good. We don't really win at soccer much. Um, so that sets up the Euro final between England and Italy, which is quite compelling and uh, should be entertaining come Sunday. I will, of course, be watching tennis, although I guess the tennis should be over by the time the final starts because I believe the final is at three. So that's good news. Good news all around before I got to get in the car and drive down to Georgia. Congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Stanley Cup winners for the second straight year. This year they actually get to do it in front of fans and They'll get to have like a full parade and all the things they, all the trappings they missed out on last year because it uh, happened in the throes of the pandemic. They are unbelievably good. I mean, they are just good everywhere. They are such a loaded team. They've got a great goalie. They've got talent everywhere on the ice. Why don't they score one goal then, huh? It's a great point, Kyle. They must stink. They must stink. That must be the end of it. They are phenomenal. Congratulations to the Lightning for winning a second straight Stanley Cup last night. Game two of the NBA Finals is tonight in Phoenix as the Bucks will try try to even up the series before it heads back to Milwaukee. I feel like that's it as far as like big sports stuff is concerned. Am I missing anything? Did anything else occur that I was... Everybody was yelling about Ed Reed and Troy Palomalu again for some reason on Twitter yesterday. Boy, that's a thrilling conversation. And I know we're bored, man. I, I, I know, I understand that we are bored beyond belief. 
pay there there is there is really wonderful sports stuff that's happening. We don't have to waste our time having an Ed Reed Troy Palomalu conversation. It's just not necessary. I I guess this just goes back to football being like king of all things, and because there's no actual football things to talk about, we're just replacing it with nonsense. I I guess that's what's going on there. But there is no reason to spend any time on that whatsoever. It was very stunning to me that that was a topic. Or oh, the Olympics have announced there won't be any spectators. So that's 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 a bummer. Um, that's not terribly surprising. No, they have not handled things well at all. Unfortunately, there's kind of no getting around that. They just have not handled the pandemic well uh, whatsoever in Japan. And so, thankfully, there's going to be an Olympics. That's something that. I think we were all still concerned about coming into this year, whether or not there would be one. There's going to be one, but unfortunately it would be with no fans. And really quite a shame when you consider that, like, anywhere else in the world, basically at this point, they would have been able to pull the Olympics off with fans. Like, I saw recently that, so there's a big announcement today in the tennis world that Rafael Nadal is going to play in D.C. this year, which is just kind of crazy. This is not a 1,000 event. This is a 500-level event. Um, I don't know what that means, but that sounds crazy. It's not, it's not a top event on tour. This is not the type of event that Rafael Nadal would typically play in. In fact, he's never played D.C. before, so it's, it's kind of wild that he's choosing to play in D.C. And then thrown at the end is a 50% spectator. And I'm like, 50 per- It's outdoors. <laughs> like at, I'm going to a concert at Merriweather. There ain't going to be no 50% there. Isn't Nadal playing there? No, I, he should. I would totally. Oh man, I'd be so excited to see that happen. I'm so confused by like that part of it, but um, not as confused by the decision in Tokyo. Are just you gonna to, go to it? Have you, you seen it all in person before? I have I seen the doll in person. Yes, I saw the doll in person in Cincinnati. So yes, that's his hometown, right? Yes, he's from a. Yeah, correct. That's yeah. exactly. You nailed it. You nailed it. You got other uh, observations from tennis world that you want to pass along today? Uh, curious. You got the next one. You'll see. Oh yeah, yeah. that's it's his time. Yeah. Yeah, boy, there's a new episode. Andrew Benintendi, of course, going to the finals. What? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> yeah. Who Isn't that correct? <laughs> Matteo Berrettini's in the semifinals. Same thing. All well, not thing. exactly. Everything I not said, exactly. close enough. You know what? I'll give you close enough, yeah. pal. I don't know why, but I will give you close enough. Some of the words I said were part of what you said. Finals. You know what? I did have a word that had finals correct. involved in what I said. Yes. You did get that part correct. I did. So congratulations. Thanks, Coach. Congratulations. All right. Is it weird that Nadal's dad is coaching that other tennis player? It's Uncle Tony. Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah, well, that's what we call him. Uncle Tony. <laughs> yeah, that's the name of the player's name. <laughs> I'm sorry, Uncle, what? Uncle Tony, that's what we call him. Is he like in the mafia? Uh, yeah, don't worry about him. <laughs> Don't worry about. It. Don't don't worry about. Seems it rather all. colloquial for you to call him Uncle Tony. Uh, uh, Tony Nadal is the uncle of Rafael Nadal. He's not the father of Rafael Nadal. Okay. He's Rafael Nadal's uncle, and he goes yes by Uncle Tony. Um, why? I I I mean, I would think that at some point, if he wasn't, if the player he was coaching wasn't his yeah, nephew, then at some point you would just, just say Tony, Tony, or Tony Nadal, coach, or something along those lines. No. Um, that's not all that strange if he's no longer working with Rafael Nadal, which that, that part alone might be strange. Yeah. Like, I might hear you on that because they've been together for forever. Uh, but Is he playing at Merriweather? Uh, Tony? Yeah. Uncle Tony? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uncle Cracker, actually. <laughs> he's playing at Merriweather, and he's terrible. You don't want to go to that show. It's just, it's not, it's not worth it. What are we doing here exactly? What just Talking happened sports. here? How do we go from this Talking to whatever sports. I had? 
I had a couple of things. I did have a couple of things that I wanted to get into on the during the course of today's show. From from oh, that's unrelated. That's unrelated, and I'll skip right past it. Uh, this is gonna be my last show, guys, uh, for a little while. I'll be back on the twenty sixth, uh, as I mentioned before. KZ will be in tomorrow and all of next week. Uh, with Kyle and then the following week, Stan the Fan for four days and uh, Paul Valley uh, from the Bat Around will uh, be there for the final day. From uh, Jeff, Jeff says, uh, Glenn, hoping before the week is over, you will go on the record about what it is that you want the Orioles to do with the fifth pick. I appreciated your coverage and appreciated all the various guests that you've had on. I'd like to know how it is that you feel. Uh, Thank you, first of all. That's very kind of you. You did kind of go on the record earlier. I'm, I, I went on the record and sort of saying, like, this is where, more than anything else, I, I don't go on the record ever about a particular player. One, because I don't know how the draft is going to go. Oh, I do. You'll there are guys that I have coalesced around. Like, for example, this year, I think everybody knew I really wanted the Ravens to draft Rashad Bateman. Mm-hmm. But I had no clue if Rashad Bateman was still going to be there or not. I had no idea if Rashad Bateman might have been off the board 10 picks earlier. There have been some years where it worked out. I think we we had talked a lot about Patrick Queen in the lead-up. I don't know that he was, like, my singular guy, but he was absolutely a guy I think made, thought made all the sense in the world. I think everybody knew I was very enamored it's with J.K. Dobbins. It's easier to read the tea leaves in football than it is in baseball. It's a little bit easier to read the tea leaves, but not... I think particularly with the Orioles and the underslot kind of thing, right? Like, we did well with Kerstad last year, and we think that maybe Kowser could be the pick, and maybe it's, Frelick, right? I think right? it's like, possible. I also think it's possible that they don't go... That, like when you're talking about what they'll do versus what I want them to do, I I want them to get Jack Leiter or whoever just the best guy is and who's going to be the best. Yeah, I mean, I, that's that's the point, right? Like I don't really care, but this is I I am not opposed to Henry Davis in any way. I get that it causes a potential problem at some point. I don't love redundancy. I don't love it. Well, but yes, if Henry Davis is really that type of bat then absolutely go get Henry Davis. I also don't necessarily want there to be an uh, – we talked with um, Carl Ravitch yesterday, and he mm-hmm. was talking about the situation where, oh, you draft Henry Davis, and yeah, he's that like, good, then you can just trade him later. But I kind of would be afraid to do it the other way and be like, we got Henry Davis in waiting. We don't need Adley Rutschman anymore kind of thing. Like that's a little oh, bit of – you'd be afraid of that? Th- like in yeah, the back I'm of not, my mind. I'm not, but, I wouldn't be afraid of that. Now, if what you're saying is that's that's what leads them to not sign – Adley well, Rutschman. Same thing, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's different than trading. If they don't him. trade him, then they're doing everything wrong. I don't know if you've heard. I hear you. They've done that. That's that's been part of the. I hear you. That's been part well, of they the plan. Him Machado. Yeah, you're right. Technically, they traded him. So it's killing. It's killing it for him. All that stuff they were able to get for Manny Machado. Um, the Manny Machado problem is the problem. I I'm not I'm not trying to avoid the topic or or avoid the subject. What I'm going to say is, I, there are very few routes. That, like, if I called into the show on Monday morning, mm, no thanks. Oh, I, I, I mean, it's the guy's still going to be driving at that point. I don't think I'm going to be available. Your kid can take over, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Well, my father could. Um, is your wife not going to be in the car? No, she's not coming with us. The, uh, the, okay. trip, to, the trip to Georgia is, is just, different? it's for my grandfather. He's about to die, and we're taking the boys down to see my grandfather before he dies. Why is she going to take this off? What's she going to be doing? Well, she's only getting, she only gets one week off this summer, and so we had planned a beach trip the following nah, week. I'm going to be honest, I'm not okay with this. All right, well, you can have that conversation <laughs> with her. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And while my grandfather loves my wife, I think he's met her once. I don't think it's that big of a deal um, to him that... That she's not going to be there for this trip. This was definitely way more about uh, the kids, the kids and, and a little bit more about me. Um, so 
what would what the only negative reaction I could have for you come Monday? I've said before, if if they went under slot for a high schooler, I, no, no, not okay, not nonsensical, unless it's followed up by about six decisions that show a different course for the Baltimore Orioles. If they announce next That's Wednesday, not how you mean like if they're. Signing and extending and Correct. arbitration if, stuff. If they're starting to show that they intend to really drag on their window, and the way they do that is by, you know, buying out arbitration years for John Means, getting aggressive already with Cedric Mullins, Pitching things along those tomorrow, lines. By the way. I do know that. I saw that. I even shared that tweet out. Um, you know, if that's if that's what it's followed up by is the news that they are purposely recalibrating their concept of a window then i'd be more inclined to listen it wouldn't change my reaction on monday but it might change my reaction by say the end of the summer if that doesn't happen this dude better be the greatest baseball player of all time because he's gonna have to get here awfully quickly in order to line up with the window so my answer would be if you take a high school player because that's genuinely that you just believe that's truly the best player there is Mm -hmm. Whether that's uh, Khalil Watson or, or, or happens to be Ford for some reason. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if you're talking underslot, that would be the guy, that, right? And that's why I, there's a I significant you difference. Think if you're underslot in high school, not, there's a I'm reason. I'm not going to be okay yeah. with an underslot high school guy. I'm just not until until proven otherwise. Until that guy proves to be the best player of all. Look, I was one time not okay with you allowing a coach to draft the second quarterback in the first round. That's just not the way the football works. Until we found out that guy was the transcendent talent that that they believed he was, and then all of a sudden I said, oh, I guess it was okay that a coach got to draft a second quarterback. So I'm not okay with going under slot for a high schooler, but if they go under slot for a high schooler and it turns out that guy's Babe Ruth, then you know what? I'm going to change my mind about going under slot for a high schooler. They project him to be Babe Ruth. I don't know, but that's about what you're going to have to be in order to make that timeline They weren't exactly on Otani. Oh, sure. That's (laughs) a good point. That's a good point, actually. Um, Daniel didn't work out for him as he broke the record for most. He broke the record uh, before the All Star break yeah. for the most home runs in a single season ever by an Asian player. Dude's okay. He's okay. I just like looked at He's eBay right. to see what his rookie cards go for. Yeah. Let's just say I didn't buy any. No. <laughs> no, not quite in your. Yeah, you could get one like a regular one for like two thirty, but I, the ones that are like hologram and like yeah. out of a certain number, like they're going for like six grand. I mean. Same for Good. Mike Trout. Like he's, they're similar prices right now, which is a little odd. You would think Trout maybe would have. Dude, earned. the card market is unbelievable, yeah, and like definitely a market I probably should have gotten into when it was starting to to blow up a little bit, but um, I failed to. What? Yeah, the what? timing might not line up for Drew. I mean, he says he can do something in thirty minutes, and that doesn't exactly. Should I see if he could do something at eleven thirty-five? I would see if he could. Yeah, I mean, see if he can. Yeah. He can. It's what it is. I mean, there's not a whole lot we can do at yeah, this point. Yeah. I mean, if he, you know. It's it's just sort of what it is. Um, anyway, as I was saying, I, I'm not – any of these other things, I don't know that I'm going to be opposed to. I, again, I the high schooler thing as a whole is weird to me because it, it still does speak to a timeline problem. But if it is one of these guys that is commonly thought of as that good a truly and, yeah. special talent, then I'm going to be more inclined to say, okay – I'll, I'll listen, but I'm still going to be apprehensive about any high schooler just because of the timeline problem that I the Orioles are dealing with. I still can't shake the fact that there seems to be a lot of 
really young guys, precocious talents that make the big leagues quickly these days, right? Like not as many high schoolers. Well, I mean, Tatis was, I mean, an international signing, that's, I believe. It's a right? little bit different, yeah. But regardless, I mean, a guy like C.J. Abrams who actually yeah, somebody's going to point out ACL Bobby Witt appears that, as right? though he's not going to be all that. It, there can be, it it is possible to have someone. Now, I mean, Bobby Witt's he's not racing up to the major leagues when he but gets. But that's also you know, because of. The Royals and not necessarily well, or the rushing. pandemic or what it may be. right now, isn't he? Yes. Which is pretty um, good for a 20-year-old. This is not bad. Nobody's debating that whatsoever. If you're going to be drafted that high, you better be able to um, ascend about that quickly. I mean, that's that's you can't be using a pick that high on a player that's going. you're going to be waiting five years for. Like, that would become truly problematic. I, I am... I am... I'm okay with the high schooler in general... But I mean, we do have to defer to an extent to the scouts in this regard. I, I, and there's two different conversations. I'm not trying to pretend like I know more about the baseball players themselves. What I'm saying is, I'm going to continue to say it forever. There has to be a timeline. There has to be a point at which this is supposed to come together. And in the way that I said before, they failed to understand the timeline was Manny Machado. The timeline is Adley Rutschman. Sure, I mean, it's not. Elias didn't fail. It wasn't his failure. From it's Machado, understood, right? Like it's still it was the, the Baltimore Orioles. Yes, and 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 I don't mean to do this. This is not Mike Elias's thing necessarily, but well, it is now. As an organization, they have to prove that they're going to do the right things. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I absolutely have reason to believe they're just going to do the same thing and kind of screw it up and say, "Well, we might have this potentially generational talent, but if it works, it works. If not, it doesn't." Until they prove otherwise. Until they prove to be more capable of putting together an entire organization, an entire extended attempt to compete. So right now, the timeline is Adley Rutschman, period. Mm -hmm. you got to work around that. And drafting a high schooler when Adley Rutschman, we believe, is going to be at the major league level next year, and then we're talking about five years on the clock, right, depending on what you're going to do if Adley Rutschman works out. You're talking about a player that may not be here until the very tail end of that. Sure. That's that's troubling to me. It's not, you know, unthinkable. It's not impossible. It's not something they can't fix internally, as I've said a minute. They can change this. They can extend players. They can sign more. They can do a lot of things. The idea of a high schooler in general is a little, you know, I'm a, I, I waver on that a bit in this process. I hope if they draft a high schooler, it's a high schooler that's so good that the timeline might become that player instead of being Adley Rutschman. That well, we have this well, conversation I mean, I in three the, years. The ultimate goal is that they, despite it being not the norm that a high schooler moves quickly, that he's that good and moves quickly, uh, like, and then he yeah, proves that he maybe, fits into the maybe, timeline, but right? That's, like, that's but, the best-case scenario. It's the best-case scenario, and it's far more practical to do for a player that's being thought of as that type of player instead of somebody well, that you're going that under the top slot seven for. guys in this draft are sort that's, of... If it's if it's Watson or right, Lawler, Lawler or somebody Brady like House, that, yep, yeah. I'm going to be more inclined to say, okay. Still a wait and see. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still apprehensive, but okay. It's why I come back to I think the most likely scenario is a college bat. Now, I listened to Kumar Rocker. I'd listen. I, I'm not nearly as down on Kumar Rocker as everybody else is. Now, part of that is me not knowing as much as everybody else knows. And if the pick is Kumar Rocker. You pitched for Vanderbilt. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Appreciate that. His mother went to Maryland. You know what? You've nailed it. Anything else you got? Uh, he's half Indian. I believe his father was a football player, if I remember correctly. 
Okay. Um, he's six five. Yes, yes, also true. Seems to have lost a little weight this year. Okay. Might not have helped. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, he pitched at Vanderbilt. All right, very good. They're the Commodores. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know if you know that. The, stripes. Uh, uh, you know, stripes. you know, Lionel Richie was in a band called the Commodores. Oh, we got a lot of stuff. Now here. I'm learning. A lot you know? of stuff going on here. A lot of things happening. Sometimes they go by the Doors, which is different than Jim Morrison's band. Mm. The Doors spelled differently: D O R E S D O O R S. Look, this is not. This is the type of analysis you'll only get here. I right. promise. You can you speak more confidently about this than you can the MLB draft. Far more confidently yeah. about it. There's no doubt. I definitely can speak far more confidently about Lionel Richie as a whole than I can. There was a. They brought a. We we went to the pool on Sunday. For Fourth of July, he's they, playing with Uncle Tony, right? What, the pool? No, Lionel Richie. Oh, Lionel Richie. I'm not sure. I have to check. <laughs> I would love to see Lionel Richie. I had tickets to a Lionel Richie uh, Mariah Carey show at the arena a couple years ago, and they sold so few tickets for the show they canceled it altogether, uh, and I was very sad about that because they I didn't hear you were coming. To, that would have been. A nice I was like, my, right? my God, I was so excited about this show, and uh, apparently not many of the rest of us were. So it did not occur, which is a real bummer for me. Fabled package deal, those two. Uh, Lionel Richie and Mariah Carey. They should be. I'd be all in on seeing. I was a little bit worried that it was going to be Mariah Carey lip syncing the entire time, though. That, Is that what she does? I think that's what she does. It's really difficult, like, to transcend that. Vo- Haven't you heard some of her live performances in the past? Believe it or not, no. They, there was one that got like like a Christmas performance one year, like when they light the tree, mm-hmm. and it got passed around the internet. They isolated the vocals. It was a bit of a yeesh situation. Mm-hmm. When you What's have Ashley Simpson doing? Great question. Great question. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Who cares what Ashley Simpson's doing? The point that I'm trying to say is that there's not a lot that can happen that would leave me bothered, and I would have far more of a, okay, let's see, response to most of it. Just the inevitable Do response I, to all of MLB draft, ultimately. Typically, like, yes. It. There's a clear-cut number yes. one sometimes, and you have the number one pick, and you'd be upset if you didn't take Rutschman kind of thing. Exactly right. Like, right but right. I don't think there's going to be a Matt Hobgood scenario playing out here necessarily. I, I'd be surprised by that. I mean, Hobgood was like the twenty-fifth ranked player, right? Like, yeah. that would be a that would be worthy of criticism if they're just going completely yeah, so far off the radar, trying to save all sorts of money, never really spending it on anything, right. and the whole deal. I, we'll see. We'll see. I I do think that as a, if they go with a considered underslot player, there will be a negative reaction from Orioles fans. I I just think, especially after last year, and again, this is not Heston Kerstad might might be the best player in the minor league system if he was playing baseball right now. I don't know. But missing out on that, I think Orioles fans want someone that they can view as an immediate impact. I can pay attention to this player type moving forward. And so I think if they go under slot, even if it's a Colton Cowser, who a lot of people like, mm-hmm. I think there will be a bit of a negative reaction from Orioles fans. I will not be personally wholly bothered by it if it's Colton Kowser, for example, um, the this Sam Houston State outfielder who people think a lot of. Um, the guys will be talking about the draft on Saturday morning on the bat around, Paul and Zach. Um, I'm sure uh, Kyle and Ken come Monday morning will be all over the draft and talking about it and having conversations. So even though I'm gone, I will not have much to say about it, but the boys should. And um, uh, looking forward to all of that coverage in the coming days. Today's show is also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Speaking of the draft, when we come back in, we're going to chat with Greg Amzinger from MLB Network. He's going to be anchoring their draft coverage on Sunday night. We'll see what he thinks about what the Orioles should do. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. 
Glory Days Grill's popular summer seasonal menu is back with favorites like their very berry salad and smoky thigh wings. It also features the all-new shrimp po'boy, crispy fried shrimp on a freshly baked sub roll with lettuce, tomato, and a house-made spicy remoulade. Other delicious items include a 12-ounce New York strip steak, the barbecue chicken bowl, barbecue ribs, and smoky thigh wings combo platter, zucchini fries, and a key lime pie. All of these meals pair well with Sam Adams' summer ale or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. Glory Days Grill is hiring all positions. Want to work for a great family-oriented company known for their commitment to the community? Stop into one of their restaurants and speak with a manager. Management opportunities are available. The Olympics start soon. Stop in and watch the games at Glory Days Grill. Every child who dines at one of their restaurants during the Olympic Games will receive a gold medal. Find out more by going to glorydaysgrill.com. Here it watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash TheBatAround or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world because royal farms new swiss made coffee machines grind those rich flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time it's why royal farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. 
All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of PressBox. Today's show also brought to you by Sports and Social MD. That's the place to be for the fights this Saturday night. Limited seats still available for UFC 264 coming up Saturday night. Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor, battling it out. Sports and Social Maryland is live casino and hotels. Amazing new sports bar with a massive 100-foot media wall, a 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. For tickets, get to livecasinohotel.com. Seating is extraordinarily limited at this point, but it is the place to be for the fights on Saturday night. Had to do this, as I mentioned a little bit earlier on today, because of his schedule and what's a busy week getting out to uh, Denver. He is Greg Amzinger from MLB Network, and we'll take a listen right now here on GCR. We've, of course, been talking a lot of MLB draft these last few weeks here on GCR. Joining us now, this man will be anchoring coverage of the draft Sunday night for MLB Network. I feel like he's been my voice for, it feels like, I don't know, 100 no-hitters during the course of this season as well. He is our friend, Mr. Greg Amsinger, and he's with us now again here on GCR. Greg, it's Glenn. It's good to talk to you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Hey, Glenn, good to hear your voice. I love spreading the excitement for the MLB draft. Uh, Anytime someone wants to chat about this, it's a growing event. It's going to look bigger than ever before, so I'm really fired up to talk about it. Yeah, cool to move it part of. I know there have been, you know, the Omaha thing had been an idea, but moving it as part of All Star festivities and sort of giving it, um, you know, a, a, a good spot in prime time. I, we've been excited the last couple of years just because, well, and frankly, we haven't had a lot to be excited about in Baltimore, Greg, as you know. Um, <laughs> but I, I do think, like, you see how the excitement surrounding the College World Series is a little bit more association with players, although there's a lot of high scores at the top of this year's draft. I am I have sensed a great deal of interest and don't know if that's just because we're in Baltimore. We've had some high picks. I, I think it's growing as an event. Uh, what we're seeing are the, the f- fewer Mickey Moniacs of the world, where we're the top ten busts. Mm-hmm. It's not happening as much as it did in the past. Mickey Moniac was one of one to the Philadelphia Phillies years back, and he really hasn't developed into a, a contributor at the big league level. There's so much information on these guys. We just debuted the first MLB Combine. Yep. in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, just last week, and that was a huge success. We're giving 30 organizations more information than they ever had on the top 200 to 400 players um, in high school and college ranks. So it, you're going to know these kids really well. Uh, I've been studying for this. This is my midterm exam, I feel like, every single year. We have a tr- tremendous research staff. Our production team is second to none and we grind on this for three months leading up to the draft should be sunday night on mlb network and uh it's always a fun night six hours of live tv and you have no idea what's about to happen which is one of my favorite aspects of the show greg let me let me go here you're mike elias you're the baltimore orioles and let's separate the idea that i think a lot of us know is plausible which is they've already decided to cut a deal with somebody and you know, it, it doesn't matter what's going to happen ahead of them. But just for the fun of the game, you're practically best hoping for who to be sitting there at number five. I, you know, b- besides the guys that we just know there's no chance they're going to be sitting there at number five. Well, the best available theory, I, I actually don't like it. 
Okay. I hear all of my friends at Baseball America, MLB.com. I don't like best available. If you draft Henry Davis, the catcher out of Louisville, who I think will be there at number five. Yep. If you if you draft the best available, what does that say to Adley Rushman? What does it say to Henry Davis? Henry Davis knows he's probably not going to be a catcher in the pros because Adley Rushman's a better defensive player behind the plate. You're messing with human beings, and you don't want a player to get drafted fifth overall and be slightly disappointed. So I think they're good. Adley Rushman's the catcher of the future. If you look at all the rankings, Henry Davis might be the best available player. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm torn in terms of options for the Baltimore Orioles. There are two players that I'm looking at. I'll throw three. Kumar Rocker is Mm -hmm. obviously a celebrity at the college ranks. Mm -hmm. He is a gigantic right-handed power pitcher, throws a tremendous slider. His velocity, though, sits in the 91 to 93 range. And he's gotten up to 96 occasionally, but that's where he sits. I think his timeline in terms of ready to contribute at the big league level matches up with his future battery mate if the Orioles were to take him, Adley Rushman. I like that. I like a guy that, you know, Tim Corbin, the manager or the head coach of Vanderbilt, is going to be one of our analysts on yep. the draft on MLB Network. And he told me Kumar Rocker is a future ace. He is an ace in the big leagues. So if he's telling us that, and he's got a pretty good track record of not lying. I'm going to say the Orioles need a frontline starter. His timeline matches Adley Rushman. I think Kumar Rocker would be the play. Now, as I say that, I'm a huge Khalil Watson fan. Okay. This young man is ex-Francisco Lindor. He is going to play shortstop for 12 to 15 years in the big leagues. He's a left-handed hitter. Beautiful stroke. He's 20 to 25 homer power. Incredible speed. If he were to drop to that five spot to get an everyday shortstop to go along with this core that looks like they're assembling, you know, they say you got to build a championship team up the middle. you got your catcher in the future. We all know that. I would love to see Watson, if he's available, the everyday shortstop for the Baltimore Orioles. If not, then if he's already plucked, I'm going Kumar Rocker. If the most crazy, the craziest outcome ever happens and both guys are off the board, you're going to see some talent drop down. I'm a huge, huge Brady House fan. Hmm. Brady House has the best raw power of almost anyone in this class. He's committed to Tennessee, six foot four shortstop. He'll move to third base down the line. This kid can swing it, man, and he's got light tower power. I would make him the third option at that number five spot for the Orioles. All right, let me respond to a couple of things there because I love everything you just laid out. Greg Amsinger is with us. He'll, of course, be anchoring coverage of the MLB draft Sunday night for MLB Network. Greg, um, you, you alluded to something in talking about Kumar Rocker that I think is relevant and, and has to happen. At some point, I think the Orioles have to have a timeline in all of what they're doing. It's one thing for us to say, hey, we get it. This is the process. It's painful, but we understand it. But at some point, I believe there has to be a timeline, and you have to start thinking about buying guys out of arbitration years, and you have to start putting it all together to say, this is our span can you do that? You know, I, unfortunately, the Heston Kerstad thing, who knows? And, and certainly, you know, his health is far more significant than, than whatever is going on with an organization rebuilding. But, but can, you do, can you go to a high schooler with a top pick in the third year of a rebuilding plan when you've gone with college players the first couple years, when those guys are at AA and succeeding and you're starting to think about them maybe being here as early as next year when you're looking at Rutschman and, and Hall and Rodriguez, can you make it work timeline-wise with a Watson or a House or a, you know, a Jordan Lawler if you went the high school route? 
Mets. Or Jackson Job. I yeah, think pitcher, he's right. the second best pitcher. He's the second best pitcher available behind Jack Leiter. No offense to Kumar Rocker, but this kid's going to throw 100 miles an hour by the time he's ready to, to compete in the big leagues at the age of 23, but that's five years away. He's a number one high school right-hander. I just don't think his timeline matches up. You're running a product. People are already waiting for Adley Rushman to be in the big leagues. He's going to hit the big leagues clock started. Now, we don't know what the CBA is going to give us. Maybe the new collective bargaining agreement between the union and Major League Baseball owners will change the rules, per se. Maybe, you know, years of service won't be identical to what we're used to. And that might alter things a little bit. But we can't bank on that when you're making decisions like this for the MLB draft on Sunday night. I'm with you. I don't see another viable option in terms of a frontline starter for the Baltimore Orioles at number five if Kumar Rocker is not the guy. I don't believe Ty Madden is at the same level. He's a, a Texas right-hander, uh, college pitcher. I don't think his mechanics are as dominant. He's not a dominant force. He's a number three starter in the big leagues, in my humble opinion. He might be better than that, but I think Kumar Rocker is the safer play if he's available. I just think there's a clear need, and the, the Orioles have been accumulating young pitchers. You've named a couple of them in their, in their farm system. Kumar Rocker is a special talent. He spins the baseball. I'm going to assume without sticky substances. That's what we've seen a crackdown on uh -huh. in the big leagues. Um, he's been terrific his entire college career. He's been big in big moments. Even how they lost the national championship game, that really wasn't Kumar's fault. He was terrific in that game. Tim Corbin always talks about how he loves to compete. He's the most competitive guy on the mound. And he's got swagger to him. And I think that's what the Baltimore Orioles need. They need a every fifth day, stop what you're doing and watch this guy pitch. At 6'4", he's going to be over what, 250 pounds. He's a huge guy. Dad played in the NFL. It's exactly what Baltimore is looking for. And I, I think they need Winday. And he is Winday. Hmm. To match up with another terrific college player as his battery mate, Adley Rushman, it just makes too much sense. I think, I think Kumar Rocker... It should be a lock, if available, at number five. Wow. wow. So, of course, this would spit in what we've seen. And, and, and you could go back to the years in Houston. It seems like there has been this consensus among baseball people that the Orioles don't want to take college arms with that high a pick, that there's too much risk there in their mind. They don't want to take a college arm with that high of a pick. I don't know that I fully understand that. A lot of those college arms turn out to be really good. Now, of course, Mike Elias was – you know, was there when there were a couple that ended up being problematic in Houston. But do you understand the thought process behind the Orioles seemingly not loving the idea of taking a college arm with a high draft pick? The way that you have to look at this, if you need someone who's quick to the big leagues, the Baltimore Orioles need that. Yeah. Now, not everyone does. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think the Texas Rangers need that. I don't think the Pittsburgh Pirates need that. But the Baltimore Orioles do. Now, they might not be ready to compete in year three, but they need the groundwork at the big league level of a core on the mound, behind the plate, in the batter's box, on the base paths of talented players, which I think they're already assembling, uh, that's going to make a push. Look what the Toronto Blue Jays are doing right now. This core group of guys are kind of in the big leagues at the same time. Alec Manoa is a college pitcher. Yep. Not that long ago was he drafted. He is competing right now for the Toronto Blue yep. Jays and pitching meaningful innings, and he's going to be vital down the month of September when they're trying to get into the, in the postseason. So you're looking for that guy. And Manoa is actually a great comp to what Kumo Rocker is. Hmm. Physical stature, he is imposing. He's got great deception. In, in the, the new day and age of how you approach pitching, 
He checks all the boxes. His fastball, while it's not overwhelming, it's not a Jack Ladder fastball, which might be the best fastball in this draft class. It's got movement. It misses barrels. But his spin rate is through the roof, and he can get people out. And I just think that is what they need right now. They need a guy that's going to be in the big leagues in two years, two and a half years, with Adley Rushman, and you can see the signs that, uh uh-oh, here we go. Like the Miami Marlins are a fun team, not because of their position players. No offense, Jazz Chisholm. Right. But Trevor Rogers is not going anywhere. Yep. He's the slam dunk front runner for NL Rookie of the Year. Yep. A six foot six left hander who's got a two point two ERA. They need to find a guy who can be that for the Baltimore Orioles. The only one that will be available to be that because Jack Leiter is going to be picked second overall, in my opinion, by the Rangers. Yep. It's Kumar Rogers, Rocker. college teammate. Greg, um, the idea, I alluded to it before, the idea of the Orioles going under slot, we saw them do it a year ago. They came away with Kobe Mayo later in the draft, and a lot of people were high on that. Unfortunately, again, the cursed head thing is just such a huge question for this organization that it's hard to talk about it. But, um, you know, I've, I've heard uh, Colton Kowser's name thrown around and, and Sal Freelich's name as, as guys that could be possibilities in this scenario. Are, are, are you good with it, or does this organization – is it too risky for them to be still trying to get cute here? Do they need to, to, to drill down and get that type of guy, that Kumar Rocker guy that you're talking about? They can't mess around with this in hopes of finding other talent as the draft goes on. I think timeline matters. And as we talk timeline, that's why I don't think Trey Mancini fits the timeline of the Orioles. Mm-hmm. It's great that he's in the home run derby. It's in one of the best stories in baseball. But you're going to have to move him. And that's trade deadline. I've been talking about it on MLB Tonight. He is a, he's an asset to teams that need right-handed power. And there are plenty of teams in the postseason mix that need it. He doesn't fit in terms of his age to the timeline of when the Orioles are going to strike. There's a pitcher that no one thinks should ever go this high. But if you were contemplating saving money to maybe acquire talent later in the draft, I'm a big Jordan Wicks fan. Okay. Jordan Wicks is a left-handed pitcher from Kansas State. He's a winner. He wears glasses. He's John Lester. That's what that's my comp for this kid. I think he can break into the big leagues quickly. Uh, Harold Reynolds says that if he gets drafted by a team that's in the mix in the postseason mix, that he could go right. He could be the first of the big leagues. He could be that left-hander that comes out of the bullpen in a postseason game, right in the same year he was drafted. Uh, the kid's got poise, great command, velocity uptick this year. If you wanted to go with a safer pick, I think the Orioles need a draft pitch, and I think it, it, it's imperative that they do it. I think Jordan Wicks would be a, a sleepy number five selection. He really composed. He was at the combine, met with a bunch of teams. All the teams were raving about his maturity, his leadership skills. I just think, watch out. If they were to do something, I, I love Freilich, but a five foot nine outfielder, I get it. Toolsy was a dual sport athlete. To draft a five foot nine outfielder and you're the Baltimore Orioles with a number five pick, woo, what are you saving money to go get? I think Wicks could be a number two, a solid number two starter in the big leagues. He could move up the draft board if the Orioles wanted to save a little cash. All right. Uh, just another minute or two here with Greg Amsinger from the NFL, or from the NFL, from the MLB network, of course. My mind is all over the place, Greg. I apologize. <laughs> no worries. Um, you, you, you brought up the Trey Mancini thing, and it's interesting. It's a conversation we've had a lot around here where I've, I've gone back and forth on this. I, I get exactly what you're saying, but I just worry that – there isn't someone willing to pay a significant price for Trey Mancini just because, you know, these are typically the guys that every other team already has in their organization, right? Like, they feel like they've got their own Trey Mancini, and so they'd like him, but they just don't, 
They don't really want to pay a whole heck of a lot for him. And because of his value in the community here and all these other... And I get that we're supposed to be cold and heartless and that's not supposed to be to matter. I just don't know that you can really recoup full value for a Trey Mancini. I just think he matter, means that much more here than he does someone else. Do you think that you can truly get something of significance for Trey Mancini? And if not, would you still be willing to sell him for pennies on the dollar? Or maybe it's, that's not what it is, but, you know, 90 cents on the dollar, whatever we're talking about just because this is the way this is supposed to work, you can't care about the affection that you have for a baseball player. Yeah, you know, here's the deal. Um, I think Trey Mancini is a special human being. Everyone in Baltimore would agree with that statement. The issue is, what value do you get out of Trey Mancini in three years from now? Can you guarantee that he'll play at this level? You can't. I mean, you can't. Mid-30s players just do not perform at the same level in their late 20s, early 30s. So that's when the Orioles are ready to strike. When you have an opportunity, don't do what the San Francisco Giants did a couple years ago when they held on to Madison Baumgartner to give Bruce Bochy one last run. I know that's not what the Orioles are doing here uh, because they're not in the mix for a postseason spot. But there are a couple teams that really profile as needing a Trey Mancini. I think the San Francisco Giants and the Oakland A's are two teams that could use a bat in the middle of their order if they want to be relevant. I think the Milwaukee Brewers, look up and down that lineup and take a peek at what they're, they're rolling out there right now. Willie Adamas is their number three hitter. This is a first-place team. Omar Narvaez is their cleanup hitter, yeah. and dare I say, their best offensive player this year. Wow. Not Christian Yelich, Omar Narvaez. There are teams with clear voids. Rowdy Telez was just traded to the Brewers because the Brewers need Rowdy Telez. Now, who would you take? Rowdy Telez or Trey? Right, I hear you. I mean, I mean, I hear you. Yeah, if you're going to get two prospects that can help you and add to your core, the sentimental value has to be squashed. You have to put that aside and build a winner. And that is cold-hearted, but if the Orioles really want to get to where they're going, those are tough decisions they're going to have to make. Greg, uh, I, I am looking forward to Sunday night. I am looking forward to at some point us having conversations with you again that are about like the Baltimore Orioles and and the baseball games they're playing and, and games that might matter a little bit. We're hoping that that day will return here in Baltimore at some point. It might be yeah. a little while, man. Um, what well, can someday, I someday? Someday I'll be talking about like, hey, should Kumar Rocker go on short rest in game three of the ALCS? That'll happen down the line. From your lips to God's ears, man. May that be the case. Uh, Greg, I know you're not on Twitter. Is there anything else that I can plug for you besides make sure everybody's watching the draft Sunday night on MLB Network? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be wall-to-wall all-star coverage on MLB Network. Uh, I'll be on uh, for the two-hour pregame show before the Derby. I'll be on before the all-star game on the Red Carpet Show, which I invite people to watch on MLB Network because Harold and I have really been bringing the fashion game and the players have taken notice, and now they're challenging us ooh, with their personal stylist. Ooh, so all right. I'm, I'm meeting with my stylist tomorrow. And I'm bringing it on the red carpet. I love so that. It's going to be wall-to-wall all-star cup. Love that. Hey, uh, Greg, really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, man. Uh, and, and, and Have a great weekend. Enjoy it being out there in Denver. And look forward to chatting with you again real soon, all right? All right. It was a lot of fun. We'll do it again. Oh, that's interesting from Greg Amzinger. He says that Kamar Rocker should be their lock selection with the fifth pick in the draft. Okay. Okay. Uh, Rocker obviously has not been trending – 
well in the pre-draft process. He's been going a bit of the other way, but he was clearly highly productive, a great collegiate pitcher. Um, Just a year ago, the presumed number one overall pick. Correct. It would be a very interesting. He would immediately probably be considered one of the better pitching prospects in baseball if the Orioles were to draft him. It's a fascinating thought. Fascinating thought. He brings up the Rowdy Telez trade. It's, it's it's a completely different scenario too, right? Like the the Brewers are trading with the Blue Jays. That's not a rebuilding team. It's not a team that was looking for young pieces. I believe the Brewers gave him a major league bullpen arm. Um, in exchange, and a and a not particularly thought of pitching prospect as well, so I don't think that's a good example of how it can necessarily benefit the Orioles to make a trade. Man, Mancini trade is looking at Rowdy Telez. Not to say I don't think the Trey Mancini is more valuable than Rowdy Telez. I I do, but it's a reminder of sort of how limited trades typically are when you're when you're acquiring this type of player. So just keep that in mind. Hour number one in the books. It's also been brought to you by... Ooh, this one's been brought to you by... Man, who do I owe this to? I think I'm going to give this one to the BMW Championship. Top 70 players on the PGA Tour coming to Baltimore, Caves Valley. You need to be there. It's going to be an amazing week of golf. Get your tickets right now, bmwchampionship.com. When we come back in, one of the Orioles' top prospects, Gunnar Henderson, will make our trip to Aberdeen. That's next, Glenn Clark Radio. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate UFC fight night experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. Watch Dustin Poirier take on the former champion, Conor McGregor, and get the ringside feeling with our state-of-the-art AV system and stadium seating. They take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Tickets now on sale for UFC 264 at sportssocialmd.com. That's sportssocialmd.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off 
every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Yeah. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio, 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of PressBox. Today's show is also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. I was at Glory Days yesterday. I had the Very Berry Salad, which is available right now on the summer seasonal menu. Also, the smoky thigh wings, all-new shrimp po' boy, crispy fried shrimp on a freshly baked sub roll with lettuce, tomato, and a house-made spicy remoulade, and other items including a 12-ounce New York strip steak, the barbecue chicken bowl, barbecue ribs, and smoky thigh wings combo platter, zucchini fries, and a key lime pie. All of these meals pair well with the Sam Adams Summer Ale or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. Find out more at glorydaysgrill.com. Had a great time at Glory Days yesterday. Joining us now, one of the top uh, middle infield prospects in the Orioles system. We make our weekly trip to Aberdeen to chat with a member of the Ironbirds. It's a pleasure to welcome into the show Gunnar Henderson, who joins us now here on GCR. Gunnar, it's Glenn and Kyle in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Uh, yes, sir. Glad to be here. Hey, Gunnar, how good have the last couple of nights felt for you? I know it had to be, you know, you just had to be kicking yourself. Nobody likes going through a slump in baseball. How good has it felt? the last couple of nights to remind people, hey, th- this is really what I'm capable of doing. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a tough tough stretch there. But, um, I mean, I'm glad I'm just going ahead and getting the experience now while I'm young and um, hopefully in a year or two be in uh, big leagues. And if it happens again, then I'll be ha- know how to um, shorten the time period sure. of it and then uh, just being able to get back and be my normal self. Now you haven't like had a lot of slumps during your life because you're very good at this baseball thing. Do do you have any superstitions? Like I, you know, famously some guys will like put on a a thong or something like that. Do you have any like superstitions when you're going through a slump to try to break it? You know, I usually whenever I was going through it, I would uh I would think about it, but at the same time, then all I've heard from everybody is like you don't want to try to do superstitions because then it'll just keep getting worse and worse because you'll try to do the same thing every time. So I just tried to be as normal as I possibly could and not uh, try to do too much about it. But I just tried to let it work itself out and just keep working as hard as I could and control what I can control. Do you have superstitions during good times? Like when, you, when you're when you raking, are there things you're like, man, I, I don't want to mess with this? Like do you have any of those going on? Um, I don't really have like any superstitions. I mean, I'll just have the same routine, I guess, if you want to consider that a superstition. But I don't. I don't really keep many many superstitions. I try to just stay away from it. Understood. I mean, like, it's probably the healthier way of going about doing things, but most baseball players aren't very healthy in 
way. Most baseball. I know. I know. When I was younger, I, I had a, I had some superstitions. Okay, give, give me, I, give me an example. What was one that you like had to break because you had to say to yourself, "This is crazy. I don't need to do this yeah, every keep day." Keep eating airheads. Well, before I didn't really have like a crazy one, but I'd always like for some reason before the game, it'd have to be the the right shoe on first, okay, and then okay. the left shoe, and then before I got, um, or when I was putting my batting gloves on, it'd have to be. The right batting glove, then the left batting glove, then strap the left one, then strap the right one, then put the helmet on. So. All right, so then when did you, like, how did you yeah, know did you, you were breaking out of it? Yeah. <laughs> I guess I just stopped thinking about it. I, mean, I, uh, I just figured whichever one I put on first is whichever one. <laughs> like, I think I put my shoes on right foot first. Like, I think that's how I do it. But I don't know. But I don't know yeah. that. Right, exactly. I don't know that. I would have to yeah, spend that's some time. Yeah, that's how I kind of got out of it. I was just like, man, just. Put them on. Just don't worry about it. Just get dressed, man. (laughs) Just go to play baseball. Just go get dressed. Gunnar Henderson with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, Gunnar, we had uh, had Jordan on a couple weeks ago, and and he was telling us about the relationship that you guys have started developing, right? Like um, kind of a a, a friendship and and maybe a little bit of a a competitive rivalry at the same time. Um, Can you tell me about being around him and – and and knowing you guys play similar positions and you're both coming up at the same time in the same organization, what's that relationship been like for you? Man, it's been it's been great. I mean, sometimes you run into some guys that you're competing with that just want to see you fail, but it's the exact opposite here. We we both help each other out, and he's been a great help during that stretch. He's just been helping me along the way, just saying. I mean, it's it's natural. Everybody goes through it. it doesn't matter how good you are. Everybody goes through one of these, and um, just even when on the good days, he was um, teaching or coaching me. Like yesterday, I could have the got the hit in the last at bat, and he was saying like, "You could have let the other bats affected your last one, but at least you scavenged that day." And then um, just like in the field, his college experience and experience now, we just both help each other out. And then uh, working with Tim Dejon, felt like we've had a really good system going on here, and um, we both. Love to compete with each other, but it's friendly competition, and um, you know I, I couldn't couldn't uh, ask for anything else. I mean, you get to compete, and then you also have a, a teammate in your corner that's helping that you're both wanting to get the other person the best they can possibly be, and ultimately help the team win in the future. So you mentioned the friendly competition. I have to imagine like there's a situation where you're playing short and you make a play really deep in the hole and make a crazy throw to first. I can't imagine that you don't like laugh at him a little bit. Like I know you saw that. Does that happen <laughs> at all? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we both make a good play, we're sitting there cheering each other on. I mean, um, it's really fun to just watch each other, watch him work, and then uh, we'll both just uh, we'll have little competitions here and there. But it's been really fun. I mean, it, it, it's it. You know, I, I guess let me go here. Are you how confident are you that you are the shortstop of the future for the Baltimore Orioles, Gunner? I mean, just my self confidence. I feel like I can, I can do it. And I know a lot of people are saying I'm too tall for the position, but I feel like I've proven to myself and proven to a lot of guys that that's not the case. And I feel like I can stay it short for however long I want. How long have you heard that? Like, when did you start hearing from people, hey, man, you might you, you might have to move over to third, you might have to do something else. How long have you been hearing those things? I think it's just about ever since the draft process started. Yeah. I mean, probably from, like, 11, probably going into 11th grade year, just whenever all the draft process, like the USA trials and stuff. But, I mean, that's, that's pretty typical because, uh, like, Corey Seager, that's all mm-hmm. he heard whenever he was coming up. So, So then do you, like – 
do you purposely try to stay like lean and slim or are you just kind of like, look, I know my instincts are good enough no matter how yeah, much I, mean, I weigh to right. stick at the position. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think, I mean, I don't try to keep like a certain body weight. I know I'm going to put on natural, natural weight over the next few years. And, um, I know like my athletic ability that I'll be able to stay there. He's Gunnar Henderson. He's with us on Glenn Clark Radio. The Ironbirds' next homestand begins July 20th against the Hudson Valley Renegades. Crab Feast tickets are now on sale for three select Sunday games. All-you-can-eat steamed crabs and ballpark food for just $56 a person. Get to ironbirdsbaseball.com in order to get yours. Gunnar, you know, has, I know you guys have sort of been splitting a little bit. and You've been playing some third base. Can, can that help you? even in your progression as a shortstop, right, to see something else on the field? Is there a benefit that can come from that? Yeah, I mean, I know that uh, short, I play I play a lot with uh, two hands to the ball, and uh, at third base, it really you really want to free up just using one hand, and I felt like I've done that a lot in um, working with our infield coach, Tim Dejon. We've uh, – We've worked with just like sticking with one hand, doing drop steps, and uh, coming through the ball, and I felt like it's really freed me up and uh, helped me out at short as well. So yes, sir, I feel like they tie into each other. I mean, I I can absolutely see where that would be beneficial to you, and and clearly, you know, you never know how this is going to work when you get to the major league level. The ability to do other things that that can't be a bad thing either, right? As confident as you are about being a shortstop, it can't be a bad thing that you be confident to play in other places. Yeah, no, I mean it's. If it happens that make the debut at third base, I wouldn't have any problem with that at all. I mean, the more versatile you are, the better your chances are. No doubt, man. Hey, hey Gunner, you know, coming into this year, obviously, like, holy crap, you know, it, last year was so crazy. I mean, it was just <laughs> so nuts. Um, was there anything at all that you were worried about coming into this season that, like, you needed internally because of how strange 2020 was that you needed to see yourself do to – to feel confident about again, anything along those lines? Uh, no, sir. I felt like um, at the outside, it was just that helped this year because I just wanted to prove to myself that, I mean, double-A, triple-A, major league pitching, I could do it. And I felt like over the course of that, I felt like I proved to myself that I could do it. So going into this year, I, actually, I had a lot of confidence because I knew that I could do it and just – Becoming the most experienced uh, young person I can is what my ultimate goal was. and I uh, felt like going through this struggle and just being able to uh, work through it, felt like it's really helping me to achieve my goal so far. What was it like for you at the alternate side? We hear a lot from the pitchers who talk about how valuable it was to be able to work on their delivery. And, and, and you and were refine. a young dude right. at the alternate side. Like, what, were, what was your primary focus? And then also, what was it like to be able to bond with the likes of Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall? Uh, I mean, when I was going there, I just uh, I knew that uh, I was one of the youngest ones, probably the youngest one there, and um, just being able to see the pitching and get used to it. Because from past experience, I know that once I see pitching enough, that I'll get used to it. Kind of like, kind of like here, going through the little stretch. I know it just take time and uh, just adjusting to the the change. But I felt like that was just going there and being myself. Don't try to do too much and um, just let my ability take over. And, uh, yeah, just being able to be there with uh, Rutch, Grayson, and DL. We, we all go hang out and um, at the field and stuff and just being able to 
watch each other work and just learn from uh, Adley and then just being able to face Grayson and D.L. felt like it helped my development so much more. Can, can you talk more about just that, that relationship that's developed between all you guys? Is pri- like This is a really cool thing for Orioles fans to follow, You know, seeing you guys interact on social media and – and talk each other up, and, and, and you, know, you know what's going on in this organization. It's a tough time, but there's a group of you guys that, that people are really putting hope in. Can, can you speak to what those relationships are like and, and how exciting it is for you guys knowing you're kind of coming up together with a real opportunity to all get to the same place around the same time? Yeah, I mean, we spent the time at the off-site, the instructs, the spring training. We've been around each other for a while, so it's basically, I mean, they're my best friends here that's uh just always been around and just being able to have that good camaraderie and just being able to joke with each other and have a good time i mean i can't wait to do that hopefully in the majors and just being able to have a successful team and i can't wait to see what this organization does in a few years because from all the players that i've got to be around here i mean you just can't beat it i feel like it's going to be really fun in the next few years so I've given all of them the chance to discuss this, but I need to give you a chance now, too. Why are you the best basketball player of the four of you guys? <laughs> Man, we, we've had this discussion. I felt like the the biggest competition would be DL. But, okay. Uh, Grayson and Adley are, aren't going to have much. They're going to have something to say about that, but <laughs> don't let them change your mind. Well, hang on a second, because DL basically compared himself to Kobe Bryant yesterday when we were talking <laughs> to him, which seemed a bit over the top. Like, that seemed like a bit much. But you're saying he's legit, like he can really ball. Yeah, I've seen some videos, but I felt like it'd be a really good, really good game. It had to okay. be a, a one-on-one matchup to see who it is. But uh, yeah, don't let Grayson say anything. Well, he's going. He's going to put his name up on top. Let, let, let's like I, that's the one thing I've learned in our conversation with Grayson. That dude's a talker. Like that, uh, that dude's got that's a map. An, that's an understatement right there. <laughs> like he will say anything, bro. It's, he should be a professional wrestler, I think. Like he is, or maybe a battle rapper or something. Draw some good crowds. No doubt, dude. Man, he will say anything. Hey, uh, uh, Gunner, I saw you were at Jimmy's uh, the other night. Have you become like a full-on seafood person yet? Like, what was what what's the go-to for you at Jimmy's nowadays? Oh yeah, I've always been a seafood person, but uh, you know the appetizer. If you get, you got to get the crab pretzels or the uh, the egg rolls. Those oh, are, the crab cake egg rolls are insane, bro. They're yeah, insane, those are unbelievable. Man. So you were you were always I mean I guess you know down down that way like what what were, what were the seafoods growing up like in Alabama what were the the go to things for you down that way? You know I'd always get like a seafood pasta or something like okay. that I'd always like fried shrimp or uh, just something around that nature. All right. So, so uh, just I mean down in Alabama that's that's pretty much a big thing is have you, uh, shrimp. Have you sat down? We were talking about the crab feasts coming, you know, at, at at the Ironbirds game. Have you like sat down and cracked crabs yet since you've been in this area? I actually have not. All I, right. I would love to do that. We got to make that happen. That's going to have to be something we put on the list for 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 that to be <laughs> something that occurs, man. I mean, I, I I would say that we could hook you up, but nobody's hooking you up better than Jimmy. So like, it's just what it is. <laughs> That's the spot, man. Hey, Gunner, it's, it's really great to catch up with you, bro. It's great to see you uh, uh, turning the corner here this week with the Aberdeen Ironbirds. Let's, let's get some plugs in. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, all those places. Where are people giving you follows right now? Uh, I feel like the main is uh, Instagram. Okay, and what's but your... I have Instagram and Twitter. So. What's, what's your handle on Instagram? Uh, G underscore Henderson 
two zeros and a two. Okay, and it's just G underscore Henderson two on Twitter for people to give you a follow yes, there as well. Gunner, man, congratulations on everything so far. Can't wait to see what's next for you. As you know, there's an awful lot of excitement about you guys um, and, and what's building in this system right now. Appreciate you taking the time for us, man. Can't wait to do it again, all right? Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Gunnar Henderson, one of the top Orioles prospects. Got off to a rough start, obviously, at uh, Aberdeen, but great to see him turning things around uh, recently as uh, as yeah, home run the other night, his first home run at the high A level. Uh, appreciate him taking the time for us this morning. And again, Ironbirds back home on July 20th. Get your tickets, ironbirdsbaseball.com. 50% off all styles of windows, plus put no money down, make no payments, no interest for two full years with Window Nation, 866-90-NATION, or visit windownation.com. <sighs> lot to do still on the show today. Our buddy Drew Forrester is going to check in from out in Omaha. By the way, this is your final chance. I need you to get in right now and let us know that your Drew tees off later on this afternoon, round one, at the U.S. Senior Open, and we're asking for you to pledge $5 per birdie. He makes $50 if he makes five birdies. We want to up it a little bit to support the helping out mission. Helping out mission. The helping up mission, of course. Um, just tweet to us. help out the helping up To mission. help out the helping up mission. Saying a lot of things. Just tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio and say, I'm in. That's all you got to do. At Glenn Clark Radio, I'm in. That way we can go back and let you know what the, uh, the ask is going to be once Drew plays down in Omaha. So please go do that. We'll switch gears, talk some Ravens next. Adam Rank from NFL.com joins us. Glenn Clark Radio, Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate UFC fight night experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. Watch Dustin Poirier take on the former champion, Conor McGregor, and get the ringside feeling with our state-of-the-art AV system and stadium seating. They take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Tickets now on sale for UFC 264 at sportssocialmd.com. That's sportssocialmd.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Here it Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. Hey everybody, this is Chris Ruling from Great Eights Memorabilia, and we want to invite you out to Jimmy's Famous Seafood on Sunday, July 25th. We will be there for the Casey Cares Return to Training Camp Crab Feast with Baltimore Raven linebacker Tyus Bowser. Tickets are on sale now at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's Great, the number eight, letter S, Memorabilia.com. And remember, you always have a chance to be great. 
Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover thomas kenzora profiles university of maryland quarterback talia tongavailoa and his chance to deliver the terps to big 10 prominence this year also inside bo smolka breaks down the ravens offensive line a look at coppin state's olympic connection and much more press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at PressBoxOnline.com. URL. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Radio. GlennClarkRadio.com. Back in here on GCR. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for your free analysis. C3 brings you Stan the Fan shows every Monday and Wednesday. If you missed it on Monday, Stan and Ross Grimsley caught up with El Presidente, Dennis Martinez. And then last night, Stan and Gary Stein had a great chat with legendary former local lacrosse coach Tony Seaman. Both of those available now by clicking on the videos tab at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or by going to pressboxonline.com. As always, Stan shows brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Our next guest has been doing his State of the, insert franchise name here, series at NFL.com. Um, recently did a State of the Ravens piece and pretty bullish about the Baltimore Ravens in 2021. Joining us now, he is Adam Rank from NFL.com. Adam, it's Glenn and Kyle back in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Oh, no, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's funny. Um it's surprising when people, when you're talking about being bullish on Baltimore, because I wonder, like, it's, I don't know, I was kind of surprised at the comments. Do people, I, I guess, outside of Baltimore don't think they're good? I don't get it, that. It's a weird bit, Adam, where, like, we're still pretending like Lamar Jackson's yeah. not one Everyone's of the best like, quarterbacks oh, in all of them. He's just a runner. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> It, it is. An, it is. I had a take years ago, and I'm so unwilling to admit that I might have been wrong about this. 
instead right. of just acting like a reasonable human being and saying, oh, no, that guy is really good, and all they ever do is win lots of games. Of course they're one of the best teams in the AFC going into the season. Yeah, it's funny, too, because I live in Southern California, and just to kind of you know, to put it out there, I'm, a, I'm also an Angels fan. Okay, I saw and that in the weird. piece, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, because I think I made a crack uh, at Dylan, Dylan Bundy. Bundy. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that, by the way. Yeah, well. Um, was... You fooled me for one year. You yeah, should have traded him at the one. deadline, but I know that's not why I was calling in today. <laughs> you, by but the way, you've got it's... Shohei Otani yeah, and Mike Trout. Right. So, like, you know, oh, yeah. I think your life is okay, Adam Ray. <laughs> and, and, and Jared Walsh. He's pretty so good. Okay. He's good um, well, it's funny because I feel like the DNA of people who think that Lamar Jackson – is just a runner are also the same people who think that Otani should only hit. Right, right. Like, yeah, wait, right. what's the cross section? What am I trying? What's the common theme I'm finding here? But yeah, so it's surprising to me. I think that Lamar Jackson has just proven himself time and time again. I mean, he's a great player. Like a couple of years ago, it was disappointing. He got bounced in the first round or the first playoff game uh, against the Tennessee Titan, but got Titans, but got that win back the following year. And now you look at a team that's probably improved a lot over the offseason. I don't know why people are being so dismissive of the Ravens. So um, I, let me touch on a couple of things that you brought up in the piece. And, and one, I love the term, and I know you use it for everybody, competitive urgency, because I, I feel like that's almost an, an extended question in Baltimore because there are, you know, beyond the people that are just insane, there's another group of people that says, well, you better win now because it's going to get tougher after you pay Lamar. Right. And, uh, you know, the Chiefs just paid Patrick Mahomes and, you know, they were in the Super Bowl. I get it. They didn't have any offensive linemen. It's a whole different story. They've they've seemed to address that just fine this offseason. Do you think that the urgency should be higher in Baltimore because it might get tougher in the coming years? Whether Lamar's contract comes before this season or after next year, it's coming and it'll start kicking in in the next two to three years with some big numbers. Yeah, I, I think you see that with a lot of teams. I know that Seahawks, the Seahawks, excuse me, had a little bit of a, a, a limited window because they were able to pay all their defensive stars because Russell Wilson wasn't making a lot of money. But I think, though, as you mentioned with Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs were still able to go out there and have the same kind of offseason that any other team would have. And I've, I've, started, I've started to be, come to the conclusion that the salary cap, to me, is more like a myth. It's like an excuse you throw out there. I, I kind of liken it to my children. You know, when somebody is like, hey, can you help me move today? I'm like, oh, I got my kids. Oh, I can't really no do doubt, that. man. Oh, but you know what? But if, but if somebody's got a, you know, they got a free round to a really nice golf course, I'm like, <laughs> hey, oh, I don't have kids. Yeah, let's wow, I'll get a babysitter. I'll right. drop them off at their grandparents. <laughs> right. So I, I, I understand. Like, it is, it is a luxury to have a quarterback on his rookie contract. And you do want to cash in as quickly as possible. But I think that ultimately, and we're talking about the Ravens here who have been competitive and good for, I don't know, forever. Like they never have a problem finding talent. They draft. Well, uh, they sign smart free agents. They make great trades. I'm not even worried about it in the least. So why it would be nice. I think you just want to win because you have a good quarterback. But I think the the salary cap thing might be something that's a little bit overblown. Just I, a touch. I don't necessarily disagree, and it, it, it comes up a lot when people revisit the Joe Flacco era in Baltimore, as if like we completely ignored the fact that the Ravens had a horrendous stretch of drafting, like just 
missed on Matt Elam and Brashad Perriman and every early round pick for a few years was a disaster. And we say, well, yeah, but it was the quarterback and the, the salary cap. That was the problem. And ignore the fact that like you have to actually draft players that help you um, when those things occur. So I understand exactly what you're saying. Adam Rank is with us here on uh, Glenn Clark Radio. Adam, I think the other concern is, okay, we know the Ravens are good. Like, Separate the people that are insane, right? We know the Ravens are good, but we're still concerned about their ability to beat the best teams in the AFC when it matters the most because they've still, in the Lamar Jackson era, won all of one playoff game to this point. How far off do you think they are from the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, maybe the Buffalo Bills, other teams at the top of the AFC? I think they're right there. I think they're in the they're in the main event picture. I know I use a lot of wrestling analogies, um, but they're a main event team. Like they're a team that's challenging for the championship. Obviously, the Chiefs have won the AFC in back to back seasons. The Bills did very well last year. But the thing to me is that they are right there. And I know that it's been frustrating, perhaps, that they've only won one playoff game. But we've seen this. From other teams, the Kansas City Chiefs made some missteps before they were finally able to get over the hump, and now they've they've put together a nice little stretch. Uh, the Titans, you know, made one little miracle run to the AFC Championship game, and now their their fans think they're the greatest team ever. And the Bills, you know, the Bills were very fortunate last year, and so to me, I I, I don't think they're far off at all. And you know, I think the biggest thing is finally getting over the Chiefs yeah. and finally winning that game. It I don't know. You, you kids might not be old enough to remember this, but it kind of reminds me a little bit of like Dallas and the and Dallas and the 49ers in the 90s. Sure, 100%. You know, it took a little bit. You know, the 49ers kept repeatedly getting beat and beat. And then one year, you know, they signed Deion Sanders and they finally broke through. And I think that the, the Ravens are there. They have everything that you want. And I think as long as you're good defensively and you can run the football, we saw last season, especially in the Super Bowl, that was the thing that can beat the Chiefs, and it hasn't been successful so far for the Ravens. But you know what? That That's in the past. We're looking forward now to 2021, and that's a team that has the ability to beat the Chiefs. So I, I don't think they're far off at all. So it's interesting. You Obviously, you mentioned the running the football and what might be the best way to beat Kansas City. It seems like even in Baltimore, a lot of the inter- external pressure, I should say, on the Ravens has to do with them – evolving their offense, right? They added outside receiving threats. People keep talking about how Lamar needs to improve as a passer outside the numbers. Do you feel as though that is as dire of a need for Baltimore to get over that hump, or do you think this is more just, you know, the law of averages? Eventually they're going to break for, break through. Yeah, I really do believe that he's eventually going to break through. I, I, for what I, I guess the, with the way that the NFL is set up right now, if you're not – you know, Tom Brady in your rookie season, then apparently you're not, you're, you don't have a chance to develop and to become a better passer or improve your game or anything like that. And I think that, as you mentioned, you know, Baltimore is taking the steps to ensure that Lamar Jackson will continue to get better. Yes, he needs to improve uh, throwing outside the numbers and deep balls and everything like that, but he doesn't have to be that much better because like he still runs like he's still a threat to run the football he still throws you know short intermediate passes like he doesn't have to become Patrick Mahomes because he does have the ability to run and he does has that he does have that extra dimension that a lot of quarterbacks don't have and even the ones that do have it 
aren't as good as Lamar. So yeah, it just a, it's a matter of just growing as a quarterback. And you know, again, I'm old enough to remember when it would take a couple of years for these quarterbacks to get better. Look at Josh Allen last season. You know, people were ready to write him off that he was never going to be accurate, that he could never be a quarterback who could win football games. And all of a sudden, he's one of the best in the league. And I've seen enough out of Lamar, and I go back to his tape in college as well. I'm like, this guy can play football. He's a good quarterback. So to me, it's not necessarily, I don't think it's dire, but it is something that you're going to have to continue to evolve because that's just what the good teams do. Do you almost feel like Lamar is unfairly punished for being a 23-year-old MVP? Uh, Absolutely. Of course. Like, it is one of the things that, and again, I'll go back to my experience of, of watching the Angels, is like, people just can't let you enjoy things. Like, Lamar Jackson is somebody we should be celebrating. We should be excited to be able to go out there and watch him. It's been amazing. I'm sorry that he hasn't won a Super Bowl or multiple Super Bowls by the age of 23, but he's been a really good quarterback, and it's been a great story in the NFL. But unfortunately, too many people who probably shouldn't have access to our thoughts and the social media just want to come in and make everything a competition. Like, oh, this guy's better. They got to just make little cracks here and there. So it's disappointing, and it does kind of bum me out a little bit. But to me, there's nothing about Lamar Jackson that should be considered a disappointment because I think the best is still yet to come. Adam Rank with us from NFL.com for another couple of minutes. And all that being said, obviously, we still want Lamar Jackson to go in a Super Bowl. Of course, ball. yes, yeah, of course right. you do. Like, we course. definitely still that. But, no, we understand exactly what you're saying, and these are all things that we've talked about kind of ad nauseum on this show. Adam, do they ever remember? Do they remember like Peyton Manning losing for like a hundred years? We bring that up. Yeah, I mean, we'll bring that up and compare. And it's it, like I, there is. If you're convinced that Lamar Jackson will never win, you're insane. I absolutely yeah. think there's room. There's room for reasonable conversation. It's just as a country, we're not good at that. And it's Adam. always it's always <laughs> juxtaposed with the stereotypic ideas of a quarterback and what they're supposed Correct. to be. Correct. Yeah, all those. No doubt. No doubt. And for sure. And there's a lot of that. Adam, if there's one thing, uh, you know, the, the is it. Is it the edge rush thing? Is it the the not really having one guy that you know you can count on? They're hoping that Adafi Owe can become that quickly, but you know didn't have a sack last year at Penn State. So, a lot to ask. Is is that is what's the one thing right now that to you is the biggest difference for the Baltimore Ravens in being a really good team, which they should almost it, as long as Lamar Jackson's healthy, they should almost be by birthright versus being a team that's ready to go win a Super Bowl this season. Yeah, I do think that they – it is always weird when you think of the I, – I don't know. I traditionally think of the Ravens as such a good – as a good defensive team. But, yeah, they do need to get to the quarterback, and that's that's a huge thing. And I, I thought the pick that they made this season I thought was perfect. I think that when we see him on the field, I think – because that was one of the things that stood out to me is, like, watching what he's able to do and what he was able to do at Penn State. You're like, okay, this is going to be a player. I know it didn't register so much – with sacks, but now when you're starting to to kind of really dive into what these guys do statistically, you know, pressures and just getting in there and just, you know, being somebody who disturbs a quarterback and kind of throws them off rhythm, I think they have some really ability right there. So I do, you know, again, it's not it's not gonna be like it was in, in two thousand or two thousand one and where you just have so many Hall of Famers all over the place. But I think collectively, I think this team is going to work very well together. And again, I know you talked about some of the missteps they made during the Joe Flacco era, but I think the Ravens have kind of turned it on again as one of those premier franchises that just loads up with talent and should be ready to go. 
And I'm not saying that they're a juggernaut by any stretch of the imagination, but definitely one of the top teams in the AFC. At Adam Rank on Twitter is how you follow him. Uh, what can we plug for you, man? What what uh, what can we what do you have coming up? NFL.com podcast, fantasy stuff. What what can we plug for you, Adam? Oh my gosh, all of that stuff. You can check it out uh, NFL.com. I've got the State of the Franchise series where I'm. I'm getting to the end, finally getting to the Eventually, when I see the AFC East, I know that the end is in sight. Okay. So we're doing that. And, of course, uh, if you're into fantasy football, uh, which I do a lot of as well, we'll be doing some, uh, some fantasy football stuff starting in August. NFL Fantasy Live will be returning. I think I'm going to be on Good Morning Football weekend again. So Excellent. Yeah, that's always fun. I used to, you know, it was always fun to do it with, because uh, I would go out there and put on a costume, maybe do an SNL-like right, skit. Right, And Steve Smith, who you just never, I love Steve Smith to death. You guys know him well, of course. Is uh, He's just the funniest person. Like, when you made, he was always the one, like, if you can make Steve laugh, then, you've d- then yeah. you know you've done something yeah. great. Yeah, so, uh, I believe that. It's a lot of Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. So looking forward to doing that this season. Hey, Adam, really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, man. Thanks so much for doing it. Let's talk again soon, all right? Oh, the pleasure was all on this side of the phone, and uh, I will look forward to a future invitation. Love that. Adam Rank, NFL.com, great dude, and I appreciate a very reasonable thought process. What a a reasoned, you know, there is every reason to believe the Baltimore Ravens are a very good football team. They, you know, use a couple of wrestling terms. To be the man, you got to beat the man. It's... I obsessed over it last year. We're going to obsess over it this year. They've got to prove they can beat the Chiefs. They get another shot at it very early in the year. We will, the, 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 the tenor of this season will be defined, unfortunately, by what happens that night. The Ravens beat the Chiefs. We're going to feel super great. They don't. We're still going to have that thing that's just going to linger with us as the season goes on. There is not a lot that you can do about that. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Drew Forrester is getting set to tee off this afternoon in the first round of the U.S. Senior Open. Um, Drew, first of all, I, I have no idea. Like, how are you not too busy to be doing this this morning? Thank you for taking a couple of minutes. All right, here's the deal. I've already had three people make me cry today. If you make me cry, I'm hanging up. Well, I've got good news for you, actually. <laughs> I've got – I have good news for you. I um, I did some work on this, and I had to call some folks at the Elias Sports Bureau to get this confirmed, but I can confirm something for you. If you shoot one round under par this weekend at the U.S. Senior Open, just one, any one of these four rounds, you shoot one round under par at the U.S. Senior Open, officially, I can confirm, you will become the first person in history to have ever been ejected from Yankee Stadium and gone on to shoot a round under par at the U.S. Senior Open. So congratulations, Drew, if that happens. It would be a remarkable accomplishment. I got that going for me. Yeah. Or, uh, if I, I shoot Stevens. if I shoot a round under par at this golf course, yeah. I will my family will fly home <laughs> and I will walk home. <laughs> I have heard you have I've noticed you on Twitter this week uh, trying to reset expectations a little bit after you've seen the golf course. Well, I mean, I, I, like I said, I said this from the beginning. Like, I, w- I would not have any idea. By the way, I've got, like, some weird yeah, it's, I, uh, allergy Bruce Springsteen sound going. Yeah, um, good timing. 
I, but I mean, I said from the beginning, like it, everybody kept saying, "Hey, how are you going to do? What do you think you're going to do? How are you going to play?" And I'm like, I have no idea how I'm going to play till I get there and I see it. Like, it's it's not it's it's a, it's not a basketball court, which they're all the same, or an ice rink. Golf. Some golf courses are good fits for people, and some aren't. This isn't necessarily. A, I wouldn't say this is a terrible fit for me. It's just very very long. And that definitely doesn't fit my strength. I thought you were but, doing the DeChambeau routine in the weeks leading up to this. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I need some of that. Yeah. But, um, but you know, I have a game plan to try to follow. I've got to hit it in the fairway. If I, if I hit it in the fairway, I, have a, I definitely have a legitimate chance to play well based on my level. I mean, when you play next to Retief Goosen for nine holes and you watch him play, you immediately say to yourself, well, I'm not beating him. <laughs> I mean, like, it's just, it, it, it's that simple. When you watch him play and he's 60 yards ahead of you on every tee ball, you're like, okay, I got a feeling he's going to beat me. Okay, but who could, um, who could you beat? Who did you play with this week? I just want to know. know. Say, say, uh, I don't know if they're standing right there by you. Say, say a name. No. Say a name that you could beat. Because... I, I, I might not beat anybody. Yeah. I have no idea. I mean, the scores are really high already. Which is not a surprise. I mean, yeah. the greens are the greens are very very fast in the morning. Um, there's a lot of high scores already. It, 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 it's and every amateur, you know, it, nearly every player is staying in the same hotel here, and every amateur is pretty much saying the same thing. Like, dude, if I could shoot eighty, I would be thrilled. Wow. Do I want to? Do I want to? Do I want to shoot better than that? Of course. But like, when all the dust settles, if I shoot eighty. I would be thrilled with that based on the golf course for, for me and most of the guys that I, that I've hung out with amateur wise, everybody's kind of says the same thing. The one thing that's happened that's not, that I had no way at all of, of knowing because I'd never done it before is how incredibly stressful it is. Okay. Way, way more stressful than I would have ever given it credit for. I, I actually think the golfing part today will almost be a release. Wow. Like I, wow. I'm looking forward to it because I, I haven't, I haven't actually played golf in four weeks. I played nine holes yesterday and nine holes on. I actually played more than that yesterday. I think I played 14, but I skipped around. I played nine in the morning, but I haven't really played an 18 hole round of golf in a couple of weeks, and so I'm kind of, I'm looking forward to that just from the standpoint of going out and having a good time. But it's been way more stressful. I, I've, I've made a lot of notes for hopefully that I get to do it again. But even more importantly, I've made a lot of notes for guys back home that if they ever get in this, I'm going to be able to give them what I think is a pretty good tutorial like on how to do it. But I just didn't know how to do it because I had never done it before. Sure, so but now that I've been there, I've really learned a lot about how you prepare for it and what you need to – it's just been incredibly stressful. And I, I can't – it's so much more than I realized. I, I never realized it would be this this stressful. Give an example of like what's been the most stressful thing. Like what I don't really know what that means. Yeah. Well, I mean, just from the uh, uh, almost everything that happens is stressful. The golf course, very very stressful. Um, the amount of support and friendship that I've received from people. Um, the number of people that I mean, I had 27 texts this morning when I woke up. Like that kind of stuff seems. It seems like you would just say, oh, that's really cool. I got a text from my buddy Dale Williams, or I got a text oh, from my I buddy Andy Kolarik. But, you know, they say some really, really personal things, and um, it, it's 
those things are stressful because you know I, I want to play well for everybody. I want to play well for me. I want to play well for them. Yeah, we, um, we, we need you to play well for the helping up mission. I don't want to put any more right. pressure on you, but we kind of you, you need added, you. To do that. All right, you just added another one. Yeah. Um, but it's just been very stressful, and I haven't slept very well. That has added to it greatly. My sleeping has been awful. Um, I'm really kind of just running on adrenaline, but it's okay. Like I, I'm not. It's not like I'm, you know, exhausted. But I'm just. I haven't slept well for four nights, and um, it's you know my family's here, which is awesome. But you know, same thing. Like right. I want them to have a good time. I yep. want them to have fun. Ethan has eaten. He's the clubhouse leader for pulled pork sandwiches, <laughs> eaten in the hospitality lounge. I think he's at 21. Um, <laughs> I think if he gets to 30, I start getting billed for him. I, I was gonna say, has there been a moment yet that you've been out there where there's been like an awkward, they don't they don't know that you're supposed to be there moment? Like, have you had like one of the pros be like, dude, what what are you doing? Oh, here? I'm sure the other day when I hit a couple of really bad sh- shots with Billy Andrade, I'm pretty sure Billy Andrade was like, how on earth did this guy get in the golf tournament? <laughs> and then I hit a good one, and then that even made it worse because I hit a good one on one of the par fours up there to like 10 feet, and he's like, that's a good shot. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I know, Bill, I do occasionally. Every now them. and then I might be. <laughs> but, like, for sure, I know I hit a couple in that round with Billy Andrade, and he looked at me like, dude, really? <laughs> <laughs> for a second, Mike Weir was thinking, maybe it's a make-a-wish thing. Maybe that's I, what's going I, right, on. Right, right, right. And I, and, and I said at one point, though, I hit a bad tee shot on a par three. and almost hit the marshal. And um, <laughs> I said to Serge, my caddy, I said, dude, I can make a par from there. And, like, Billy Andrade laughed and Bernard Langer smiled. And I went down in the, in the, in the cabbage and I chipped it out to, like, eight feet. And Andrade goes, you're putting that. I said, oh, absolutely I'm putting it. I'm making a par. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so that was kind of cool. That's and those, cool. these guys have been um, – I don't think I did. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. Um, these guys have been absolutely incredibly supportive. That's cool. Because I really think cool. they know, first of all, they all know in their heart of hearts, like, this guy's not beating me, <laughs> right? So they know that right away. They, when, they, when they play with a couple of amateurs, they don't even pay attention to us other than, like, if we talk to them, they're communicative, they talk, they answer questions, but, like, they're not worried about us in any way, you know? And that's and I get it. So they've all been incredibly friendly and supportive. And Billy Andrade was awesome. Just and then yesterday I got to I, I stumbled into this pairing with Retief Goosen, which was now I, these are like children. You you, know, you don't like to put them in any order. But this nine holes I had with Goosen yesterday was probably my highlight of the week. And I'm not even because it was necessarily him. Like I obviously I know who he is. I'm I'm a fan of his to the extent that I'm a fan of all those right. all those guys who are who are great players and, and win majors, but I've never really I didn't seek him out. I wound up on the tenth tee and he was standing there by himself and he's like, You wanna just go out with me? Um, you know, what am I gonna say? No. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah, correct. But we had a great nine holes together. We I got him right away. I started talking about South African wines and like he was hooked because he owns a winery in South sure. Africa. Sure. So that I mean, did you been, do? Did you do any of it? Did you do any likely, likely, likely? Did you do any material no, at all I this didn't. week with these guys? I didn't, but oh. I'm still waiting. Couples was on the range yesterday. I had not seen Fred Couples the whole week. I didn't even know if he was playing. I thought he might have withdrawn because of the heat. He um. And you were going to go over and walk and guess to see if you both knew what color underwear Jim Nance was wearing today? No, I was going to walk up to him and say, "Freddie, I'll make you a deal. 
I won't tell you about your poster I used to have on my wall so I can just get one picture with you. But I never, I never got the opportunity to do it. And I haven't looked at the tee times to see when he plays to know if I'm going to catch up with him or not. He would be the only guy, you know, I mean, I got pictures with Langerin and Goosen and those guys because I just wanted to do it. But, yeah. like, I would love to be able to meet couples just because it's I've never had the opportunity to do it. So um, He's teeing off at 209. I got a good pairing today. I got a good – I got a guy that I've already played with once who's very, very good. This, this guy, Harry Rudolph, legitimately – I really think – he has a legitimate chance to make some noise in this tournament. He, he's, an, he's a professional out of San Diego, but he was a hotshot college player 20 years ago. He's played a lot of golf with Mickelson. He's from San Diego. Um, I played with him the other day. He kills it. He, he could make some noise. I would not be surprised to see him today in our group shoot a couple under. And then I'm playing with a guy out of Louisiana um, with another guy who I met yesterday. I would not met him before, but I met him yesterday. And I – I'm I'm now I'm happy with the way the pairings worked out. At first, I did kind of want the early late draw, so that I play early this morning and late tomorrow, right. so that I've got some downtime. But it's kind of I I really need some anonymity in this thing for me for my just the way I operate. I really don't want a lot of people around. I would I can't wait to get on that tee at three o'clock and hopefully have nobody around. Well, you say you're the, you're, the, the, you're the last guys out, right? Normally, we're the next to last group out. Isn't that normally guy, reserved okay. for like the leaders? Don't they normally like let um, that... Saturday and Sunday they do? Okay. So I, I thought Thursday, that I thought that I'm not even kidding, Drew. And, and you're gonna I thought that was a we're a little bit worried that these guys might take a while. <laughs> like I oh no 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 was... not at all. I mean because amateurs uh, and I'm playing with two professionals. So yeah. when I say professionals, they're not champions tour players but they are playing in the event as professionals right so uh, no they just i don't know why you know i don't know how the drawing how the pairings happen but um but i'm happy with it we're the last group to go out i i i really i really like that now now that it's all unfolded i think that's a benefit for me for sure in that nobody's gonna langer and his group are langer and l's are teeing off at 220 so the entire seven thousand people that are there are all going to be with them. Well, they'll be waiting for you on 18, though, won't they? Like, the, if you guys I think are... they'll be gone by then. Oh, you think they're just going home? Yeah. <laughs> like we... soon as Langer, soon as Langer holds out, they'll be they'll be leaving. Uh, they'll be heading home to Omaha somewhere. All right, fair enough. So, by the yeah. way, by the way, how is Colin Montgomery only 58 years old? He's been 58 years old for like the last 20 years, hasn't he? <laughs> I saw him the other day in the hotel. He he's way bigger than. He is a big guy. Yeah. I, I never realized how big he is. Not, not, not stomach wise. Just big. He's a big, broad. He's an athletic looking guy, like a rugby player almost. Okay. I always, yeah. I always thought he like. I, I honest to God, I always thought he was like fifty years old when he was competitive. Like I right. thought, right. I thought that was the way it goes. It's weird because you see these guys in the hotel, and you're so used to seeing them with their distinctive hat and their logo or their shirt and their logos. And when you see him in the hotel, you, I, like yesterday, Goosen was in the hotel. This is before I even got to play with him. He was in the hotel yesterday morning, and I had no idea who it was. I, I literally didn't. I knew, I'm, I'm like, man, who is that? And then his caddy brought his bag down, and he had his name on his bag. And I'm like, oh, hell, that's Goosen. Right. But I didn't, I didn't know it because he just he had a T-shirt on and shorts. And, he, he, and I've seen a lot of that. Like Corey Pavin walked in the other night, and I'm like, I think that's Corey Pavin, but it could just be an an older small guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
that's cool, man. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. look, I know this is a dream for you. But first of all, I, I'm not, you know, I'm proud of you. And it, it, I, I genuinely believe don't make this me is cry cool. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do any of that because I'm, I don't care that much. Uh, <laughs> no, you know, I'm proud of you. And I think this is awesome. I, 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 watching you do this and, and knowing how much all these guys mean to you and being able to rub elbows with them, whatever happens this weekend, I hope you go make us a bunch of money for the Helping Up mission. That would be amazing. I know. Uh, you you want to uh, make the weekend and qualify for the senior amateur? That would be cool. But more than anything, so five, so five dollars a par, man. I'm excited. Man, I, it was five dollars a birdie, is what we said. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> that was we should we potentially said. we should rethink that. Reconsider is what you're saying. We might be in trouble <laughs> asking for. Well, no, there's there's some birdie holes out there. I just gotta get my ball on the green and figure out a way to make them. Uh, uh, go do it. Just go do it. All right. Yeah, go, it's gonna be fun. Go, go looking, do it, I'm, man. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I, seriously, whatever happens, uh, congratulations, brother. Um, yeah, I appreciate ge- you guys. Genuinely, yeah. genuinely happy for you getting this experience, no matter what. Yep. And if you're it's there, been, you might, just might as well go ahead and win. Just might as well. It's been a blast. Right. No pun intended. All, uh, right. all right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. See you. Bye, bye. Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com, checking in with us live from Omaha in the U.S. Senior Open, where he is teeing off today at 2:51. I don't actually. Now that I think about it, I don't know if that's two fifty one local time or two fifty one. He said three, so I imagine it would be. Well, if it's. He said three. I think approximately kind of thing. So. Well, yeah, but is that three local time or three Eastern time? Well, that would be four if it was local time, right? No, it'd be four Eastern time, two fifty one Central time. I don't know. He told me two initially. What? In the text we were talking about when we were talking about can you do Wednesday, can you do Thursdays? I don't tee off till two is what he told me. So well, I don't know. His tee time know. is I've got it in front of me. It's two fifty one. Well, it's not two fifty one is his tee time. I just here. don't know if it's two fifty one Eastern or two fifty one Central time. Well, I could call him and ask. I, I'm not gonna. They're not gonna put him on TV anyway, so I'm not going to be watching. Is there a live stream we can watch of him? I don't think they have a Forester cam. <laughs> I know, like they do the, the 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 Tiger cam or whatever. I don't think they're doing that. For Drew Forrester at the U.S. Senior Open. I don't think that's a thing. All right. Uh, just continue to let me know you're in. Just at, at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. I'm in. Five bucks per birdie. Fifty bucks if he makes five birdies through the course of the weekend at the U.S. Senior Open. We're going to ask. Don't. I, this is the only thing I ask. A lot of you will very kindly, as soon as the tournament is over, you will go donate at um, Helping Up's website. It, we are going to ask you to instead... Send the money to our Venmo because what we're able to do, if you remember from last year, we will then be able to go out and purchase some things that the guys and gals at Helping Up need. Um, the the actual people that are there. We we love supporting their operating budget and we're always for donations in that way, but we really like to be able to spend the money on things that they need. Find out what they're short on supplies-wise, things along those lines, socks, underwear, the type of stuff that can't be donated, and then go out and purchase it um, ourselves. So if you're okay with that, we would just prefer that be the way that you do things. If you're, you know, if you're for whatever reason, tax, uh, some tax donation you got to make, you got to go through it, that, that's fine, we get it, but it would be better um, for what we're trying to do if you would be willing to do it that way. So that's the one thing we ask is that uh, instead of the, making a website donation to them, that you would wait and we'll tell you the Venmo or the PayPal details so that you can send it to us, and then we will go out, Drew and I, when he gets back, and I get back from vacation, and we will purchase those things that uh, the folks there need. It's about that time. Because they don't care about the young folks. 
Talking about the young Utes. That's what we're doing now. I don't even really know that song. It's Peter Bjorn and John. Just look it up, man. Like you, you I have can whistle it. I know the tune now. Yeah, because I've done it every day. Correct, yes. And it's going to be your responsibility for the well, next couple of weeks. Well, lucky for you, I can whistle. Going, Good, but you can look up the tune. It's, it's, can you do the two-finger whistle thing? No, I can't, yeah, actually. Nice, I can, right? I've never been able to do it. I, I remember don't really as understand a kid, how it's possible. I, I messed around with it as a kid, and I feel like at one point I accidentally did it, and I was like, oh my God, I can do it now, and I was never able no to do it again. Uh, Young Utes brought to you today by Great Eights Memorabilia. Coming up July 25th, return to training camp, crab feast at Jimmy's Famous Seafood, hosted by Tyus Bowser and benefiting Casey Cares. It's going to be an amazing event. $108 gets you everything. It gets you your all-you-can-eat buffet of Jimmy's Famous Favorites. Trying to figure out how to like Jimmy's famous is favorite. Is that is that or is it Jimmy's famous with an apostrophe? How do you say that exactly? Jimmy's famous, or is Jimmy's famous the noun? So I got a lot of questions about this. I got a lot of questions about that. Yeah, I don't know. Jimmy's famous favorites, the crab feast, of course. Open bar, your VIP meet and greet with Tyus Bowser and a donation to Casey Cares. Get your tickets right now by going to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. Uh, by the way, Brian Powell says that he's teeing off at 2.51 Central Time. That's the, that's the time that he's teeing off. Thank you, Brian. All right, uh, Young Jack, what do you have for us today? So not like a whole lot of craziness, but I've got a couple cool things. I bet there's more out there that you just didn't find. You, you're, you're making it seem like this is on somebody else's responsibility. You yeah. just got to scour better. I I spend most of my time actually just trying to look for fun, fun, right, cool, right. cool stories. Um, All right. So I'll there's that. that. Yeah, right. That's definitely not. He's not just like looking up uh, uh, web stories all day. I assure you. No, but um, so I actually stumbled upon a new. It's like a, I found it on TikTok, and then I started exploring it more and more, and then I actually tried this recipe. So it's oh. a, so it's actually pretty cool. And we is, is it trying to make it Jack yeah, right. in the kitchen. Is that what's going on? Um, so there's the. It's this new thing called pasta chips. I don't know if you're you're familiar with that. So what you pasta chips? Yeah. So it's this new trend that. It's pretty. It's got. It's gone pretty viral in the last week or two. Um, so what you do is you take like just normal whatever kind of pasta you want. You cook it normally. Okay. And then you can put whatever you want on it, like any sort of spice, any kind of Pig's cheese. Blood. Like I don't know if that's gonna no, taste good. No. I don't know All if right. that's that's really goes well with pasta. Airheads. Eh. Maybe not. All right. Anyway. Um, so what you do is you take the the pasta, the cooked pasta, and then you can kind of season it however you want. You can put some sauces on there however you want. I actually tried it with uh, buffalo sauce. Okay. And then you stick it in the air fryer at 400 degrees until they until like the crispiness of your liking. It's like it varies, 15 minutes, sure. 10 minutes. Then they become chips, and they actually do taste like pretty good. And I'm looking at pasta chips right now. Like for example, here's a. I don't know what they were going for here, but that's that's what I'm seeing as far as pasta chips are concerned. They look pretty tasty. They actually look like good, but I don't. Is it not? Like I, I guess I would say one. Like why would this be better than just eating some chips? It's probably not. I mean, that's my issue. Here. Yeah, no, like, it's probably I'm not. not saying, it's just like, new and cool, and people are going to try new things. I just don't I suppose, feel as though I it's suppose. like improved anything. Are you a big air fryer guy? Is that one of your preferred uh, uh, methods of cooking? I mean, it's I use it at school. Yeah, it's pretty pretty practical. You can thing. Where do you friendly, live? You know? Where do you live? On I lived in a, an off-campus apartment. That's what I was going to say. I don't. Yeah. I don't know about the space-wise if an air fryer in a dorm is like. No, it's pretty. Anything can be a personal are, pizza. Thank you. That's a good point. That's a good point, Kyle. Thank you. But once I got past the. Kind of feels like you're eating just like 
uncooked pasta. That's what I was wondering. That was yeah. what I was worried so about. So I was like, am I just going to like eat raw pasta? Right. And then like the crunch actually kind of resembles a chip. I it's like, it's a little, the, the texture is not exactly the same as like what you would just like open up a bag of like Utz chips. Right. But it is like a pretty like cool consistency. I kind of like that. I'll probably make it again. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, and then you, you can, you can put pretty, you can, the, the amount of like opportunity you can have with it is just pretty much endless. You would you whatever. Br- you would you, would you bring them to a party? Do you think people would be like, yeah, it's awesome? Or do you think they'd be like, why? Mm. Why? There's better things to yeah, bring to a party. Yeah, that's sort of how. It, like, I'm not trying to knock it. Is like, I think it works, but I just don't think that it's ever going to. I become... suppose you could use, depending on the cut of pasta, the cut of your jib. Yeah. You could use it to dip. Oh, that's the idea. Yeah, that's... it's got to be like one of the thicker. Yeah. Thicker pasta. Two C's. Yeah. 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 You don't like spaghetti like a... is not going to work. No, I would imagine. No, not. I don't know yeah. why you would yeah. be doing this with spaghetti yeah, in any no. way. That would make no sense. Unless no, you could like roll it into a little design, like a, like a fun get, little, like an elbow, you know, noodle, or a, you get a what is it like rigatoni? That's like the that's a good yeah. one. That's yeah. Yeah. There's the, uh, I did it with penne. The one with the little squiggles, whatever those are. Oh, those ones. Yeah, the one with the little squiggles. I don't know what they're called. They're the ones that sometimes people use for like mac and cheese. That are it's like bow tie almost. Well, bow tie. Yeah, that'll work. Not that the ones that are um, the pasta ones. You know, I don't know what I don't know what you think you're saying. They're like they're like a double helix almost. No, I know you're. I know you're talking about. It's like it's it's like spiral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he's talking about. I don't know the name. But they could they could get a good um, coverage of dip on that. You could get them in the nooks and crannies, <laughs> and then you're you're transporting more dip on, on your chip than you would have otherwise. Oh, you know? I know. What is that? I don't even know what that's that's so far funny. farfella. No, farfella. no, it's called. Uh, did double uh, helix pasta turn up something? Yeah, it did. Look at me. It did. And somebody's saying it's called facili, but I don't think that's it. Ah, we'll be here all day. Just go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Pasta chips. That's pasta chips. Yeah. All right. I'd I give it a yeah. shot. I, I recommend at least once. At least once. Interesting. Cavatappi. That's what it's called. Cavatappi. Cavatappi. Yeah. These guys. Those sort of guys. Yeah. yeah. These guys. Cavatappi. Yeah. But I was also kind of imagining something different. But it's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll let it slide. What? It's a little different than what I was talking oh about. Oh, my it's okay. God. Well, I don't know. I, that's what I thought you were They're thought. similar to that. Yeah. But they have like, a little bit more um, ridges on them to hold stuff. Maybe. What? There's more nooks oh, and crannies for guys, sauce. These guys. These guys. These are the fus- these are apparently called fusillis. Apparently these are called. That's what those called. are the guys I'm talking about. Oh. Apparently called. I've yeah, never heard that yeah. word before. In that's my a life. good Fusilis. pasta for a mac and cheese. All right. Very good. Next. Um, all right. So there was a nine-year-old contestant on America's Got Talent who is pr- put on one of the greatest performances I personally. I watched a video yesterday when it came out. She's an opera singer. She's nine years old. Like How many opera singers type are you listening to? I don't listen to opera. So this is one of the greatest performances of anything you've ever seen? Yeah, definitely one of the more impressive things I've seen a child do. I okay. mean, when I was nine, I don't even know if I could tie my shoes. Well, I would hope you did. I mean, I could, but probably probably not. Nothing that crazy at nine years old. I mean, Fair enough. There's a bit of a definitely Definitely gap. wouldn't get on, on a stage and... and Perform in front of a few thousand Victory people. Victory Brinker is this young lady's name. Yeah, hell of a name. Her too. name's actually Victory. Yeah, Victory. Name Victory. Yeah, self fulfilling. By the way, didn't I also see that like the widow widower of someone? Who, uh, yeah, it was Kobe Bryant. Like someone, the, the, someone else who died in the yeah the, so the plane like, the helicopter the crash. It was the coach of Kobe Bryant's of Gigi's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also team. was on America's was on Got that flight. Okay. And the husband went on the show. And okay. did a performance too. Did he do well? Yeah, he did do well. Okay. He made it through. Not as good as. Victor. Are you like a regular America's Got Talent viewer? It was on. I was asking him the other day. He was like, he's like, I don't really like movies. I'm like, what the? F-? You know, I almost said the F word. <laughs> to be honest, it's like I don't really like movies. I don't really like TV shows. I like oh, live okay. 
TV. And then, the, and then we were like, like, what, what do you mean live TV? Like, sports. And I was like, sports? News. Yeah, I mean, like, what else like is this? live TV? And I said, like, American Idol. And he was like, no, I don't really watch American Idol. And he never mentioned he's apparently a huge America's Got Well, this also guy. just, this was all over my Twitter yesterday, too. So I was like, all right, well, it's got to be. Pretty, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to pull up this Fair performance. Enough. I'm trying to pull up victory. So she's drinker. got some pipes, I imagine. Yeah, but then it, so I think it kind of made like a big story because supposedly they do like the the golden buzzer, which is like each judge gets like you get to s- you nominate like one person if you think is like worthy of skipping the rest of the auditions, and you just get to like skip four rounds. I think is what it is. But you doesn't go, that make the TV you, show worse? Like, shouldn't they? Well, it's work? only it's only for four people. But shouldn't they want the best people to be performing more frequently? Well, for the sake of the ratings, right? But so what? Here, here, hang on a second. I found I found this young lady's performance. Let's see, let's see. Oh God, right there. Give me the, give me the. No, for f's sake, I had it two seconds ago. No, you're doing, you're doing great, honey. Hey man, nobody told me that I had to be prepared to do this. This should be, you should have been prepared with this, intern, uh, young Jack. All right, hang on a second. Here we go. No, I don't want. I, who is that? Terry Crews? I don't need Terry Crews. If he's singing opera, then. I'm nice. All right, okay. all right, all right. We got that part. Hang on. Get to the part where she's. A rainbow color. I don't want that. I want the singing. Here we go. I hope. Hmm. She's nine. So, I mean, in fairness, she might have been a little nervous here. No, it's fine. Pretty impressive. She's got some pipes on her for sure. Sounds a little different than the little girl talking about random nine-year-old things. I don't know if anybody can actually hear that or not. No, we can hear it better than normal stuff, I feel like. I mean. Yeah, she's got some pipes. Good for her. The girl can sing. There's no yeah. doubt about that. No. I no wonder doubt. if it's one of those things. The girls don't have this as much where like guys go through puberty and they lose their ability to sing. Do you think that happens to girls or is that not a thing for them? You've heard of that, I don't right? think so. I, don't, yeah, I, I, totally, I, totally, yeah, I you know? totally know what you're talking about. I don't think that's a thing, but I don't, I don't know that. Right. I just don't think that's a thing. Well, that. good for her. Yeah, very cool. And uh, by the way, the, uh, the gentleman's name, Matt Mauser. Yeah. Mauser. 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 I don't know how to pronounce it, but uh, yeah, one his wife the, died in the, the plane crash. Yeah. Uh, he performed a Phil Collins song. So. Right. All right. And then the last thing that I have is, um, you know, like the Ritz cracker? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it actually, I'm familiar with a Ritz yeah, cracker. Yeah, no, but like you yeah. like those those they're ri- the top the, the they're ridges. The top cracker in the game, in my opinion. So yeah. it uh it turns out that those little ridges actually have a purpose. So I to them. I saw this floating around. Yeah, yeah. I just what's, didn't care enough to click it. Yeah, but what's like, the story? Um, so like the ridges are actually designed to help you like if you have like a cheese or something like that. It's actually designed so like if you roll it right across, it all you have to do is just like a little tiny peel, and it's perfect right down the middle like every single time. So it's kind of acting. Wait, as, wait, like, say a that knife. again. Say that again. Like if you like, if you had like. A platter with like yeah. Ritz crackers and with like, a hard cheese is what we're talking about here. Not like it would have to be. It have to be like I know Ritz's and they no, crumble. No, they'll, they'll crumble. Yeah. yeah, I think it's more of like the thinner slice. But why wouldn't you just kind of use the cheese as a dip in that scenario? No, why? he's talking about. I guess you're talking about the pre-sliced slices where you can yeah. roll yeah. along like that. If you're getting like a give package you like a perforation, of like you know, or something like that, and they're already like pretty sliced. It would give but you like a perforation along it. Cheese yeah. to crackers like way too much. You would want to like cut it. I'm not sure I believe that that's what they were for, and I think they just kind of came yeah, up with that. I don't, but I don't. well, it's definitely it's definitely got some people talking. Well, so. I know I saw this. I saw this floating around. Yeah. So I I don't. Did you I, try it? 
so I haven't had a Ritz crab. I don't really eat like crackers and things like. I've had the mm-hmm. pasta chips, which is they're like, fine. They're delicious. They're not um, delicious. They're the cracker. I would just be like, yeah, I'll have a whole sleeve of those if I want. Well, but, that's the thing. Yeah. I, it, who's gonna eat just like three of? Them? I mean, you open up like you rip it yeah, up, yeah, yeah. and it's like, all right, next thing you know, the whole thing's gone. Totally. It's like, yes. Okay, that was that was. Yeah, worth if you're it. looking to like be healthy, it's not a not advised no. to open up a pack of Ritz. Right, I'm watching this video of them actually. Louder than the opera singer. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the story on that was. That's dumb. Suspect, right? That's so dumb. It's also pretty easy to just bend cheese. Yeah, that's to rip not it, right. That's like fold the, it know, over this itself. This is just them wanting to get attention. That's, that's kind true. of my it's vibe. Also just, it's also just a PR stunt for Ritz. This is just that was the vibe. Yeah, I got. been that's around this forever. Is. That's like, that's not a thing, and nobody wants that. There's no reason. That's not actually real. And I mean, you I'm, can't even apply that much pressure with them. They will. Right. Off. That's what I was gonna yeah. say. Like, if I tried it, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna screw that up and probably crack the chip more more than I'm gonna. So thanks for thanks for bringing a worthless story to us, Jack. It's not even. All right, that was a good job. Good job today. Um, uh, we the the goal will be that well, even while I'm out, Jack will keep bringing us young Utes every day with uh, everybody that's filling in over the next couple of weeks. So good work, appreciate it, pal. Young Utes also brought to you today by the print issue of Pressbox, which is available right now. Talia Tungavailoa on the cover, Maryland quarterback. Go pick it up for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all at pressboxonline.com. Tidbit brought to you by Window Nation, 50% off all styles of windows, plus no money down, no payments for two full years, no interest, no nothing. When you call Window Nation, 866-90Nation, or visit windownation.com, tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. All right, tidbit of the day. Talking a little baseball, of course, the Home Run Derby coming up on Monday, and that will feature Trey Mancini. It will also feature Juan Soto, who, as we mentioned prior, has only 10 home runs. This is the reason why Juan Soto year. came up earlier? No, not at all. Uh, 10 home runs this year. He Daddy put a little money on Arena Sabalenka today, and he's he's frustrated because... Starting to sweat that one out. Yep. So, not looking good. Only four players have ever participated in the Home Run Derby with fewer than 10 or 10 or fewer home runs prior to Soto, and actually two of them were Baltimore Orioles. Cal Ripken Jr. had 10 in 92, and Brady Anderson had 7 in 97 when they competed. The others are Vlad Jr. last or two years ago. Well, that was coming off Brady's monster season the sure. year before. Yeah. And Pudge in the 2005 had only 6, but a little bit of a fun fact that has some Orioles ties to it. Another fun fact that has literally no Orioles ties to it, is well, wait, was it, wasn't Vlad Jr. the first time he did it? Wasn't he not even a major leaguer yet? No, he had nine home runs. Did he really? Eight home runs, yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, I am. All right. So, so. last <laughs> night, All right. Lance Lynn and Michael Pineda squared off. Lance Lynn weighs or is listed at 270 pounds. Michael Pineda is, is really? listed at 280 pounds. Lance Lynn is listed at 270? Yeah, he is. For what it's worth... That is a combination of 550 pounds. The question was asked to Jeremy Frank, who's at random MLB Random Stats on Twitter, a good account to follow if you like this kind of stuff, as to what the heaviest combined weight between starting pitchers was in a game. So this is part one of the two trivia. Can you name who the two pitchers squaring off in the past decade? In the past decade? Would have been to lead this list? Bartolo Colon? Bartolo Colon was indeed one of the pitchers. 585 pounds combined between the two of these guys. I mean, did he face CeCe? And it was also CeCe Sabathia. I mean, that makes sense. That is a cheeky good bit. But the real trivia, the one that's more difficult, I think, is about Shohei. And in general, international or non-North-slash-South-American 
baseball players. Shohei Otani's 32 home runs before the All-Star break are tied for the second most for an entire season for any player not born in North or South America. One player born outside of North and South America had more than 32 home runs in a season. And it came in the past three seasons. Who is born outside of North or South America? And Otani broke the record for Japanese born. For Japanese players. So it's not a Japanese player either. That's correct. Um, I mean, is it is it something like weird where like I I don't realize the player happened to have been born in no, London or something like that? I do not like think that. that is the case. No, the player is I think widely known to be of a different origin. I mean, if you know baseball, let's put it that way. I mean, I'm, but yeah, you don't. That's so. that's, that's yeah. that is tough for me. I mean, that's that's part of the problem here. He's an outfielder. I'll tell you that. Thank you, buddy. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank is that you. not That's something? No, I I appreciate it. Um, is it Shinsu Chu? It is not Shinsu Chu. Because he's Korean. Yeah, but it's not him. Is it another Asian player? No. So it's a European player? It is. I don't... Who was who was born? Jason Bay was Canadian. Who was born in Europe? Also, that's North America. Thank you. I know. That's why I didn't guess Jason Bay. Well, just so you know, that's North America. Thank you, pal. No, you're welcome. Very, very helpful. Man, I I don't. Thirty-six home runs for this individual. Thirty-six home runs in two thousand nineteen. And this isn't a, a cheeky bit where like they're Dutch, but it's because they're from. Curacao or no? That counts, Antil- I think, is South America. I think, for what it's worth, doesn't I, it? No, I no. I mean, they they are. If you were born there, you're Dutch. Well, no, it's not that. <sighs> Probably no. Jonathan Scope could break this record this year. Who knows? Jonathan Scope from. I I don't I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. In 2019. 36 home runs for the German-born oh, Kepler. Max Yeah, son of a Kepler. bitch. Why did I forget about Max Kepler? Why did I forget about That's on me. It definitely, definitely knew. Damn it. No, good job. I, I knew that, and I feel stupid for that. All right. That's why I do Tidbit. this. No, you're right. Tidbit was also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Tubular brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or go to C3America.com for your free analysis. Here's what's coming up totally tubular-wise. The Orioles wrap up the series with the Jays. The rubber match tonight on Masson, 7 o'clock. Alec Manoa, Keegan Aiken, the pitching matchup there. Mass and two Nationals Padres at nine. It's also joined in progress on MLB Network later on. MLB Network has Dodgers Marlins at 12, Yankees Mariners at four. The second uh, women's or ladies semifinal right now, not looking good for Arena Sabalenka. She's down a break in the third to Carolina Pliskova. That's on ESPN. Just like I predicted. Yeah, you did. You called that. Uh, later on, Phillies Cubs at eight on ESPN. ABC game two of the NBA Finals tonight at nine between the Bucks and Suns. 
Round one of the U.S. Senior Open, where Drew Forrester is. They're picking up coverage at one on the Golf Channel. They're bailing right about the time that Drew Forrester tees off. So, not ideal, um, as they'll switch over to round one of the John Deere Classic. The Spelling Bee is tonight, uh, 8 o'clock on ESPN2. Uh, NBCSN, that could be a good bit for tomorrow for you guys to do. You could do a uh, give Jack a Spelling Bee about uh, sp- We used to do that with... Um, Oh, no, it was pronunciations that we used to do with Ashley when, when you were dead for a little while. Mm, yeah, yeah. Gary Stein and I were doing this regular bit like every day where we would give a sports name to Ashley and see if she could pronounce it. It was it was it was a very it's st- we started it because one day I don't know why Chuck Knobloch's name came up, but she called him Noblocky. I do remember that vaguely. And I said I don't know where that would have come from, but it turned into was a Was that regular. when we were doing the um those stories she used to do? No, it was not WTF News. This was when you were dead. This is when Ashley was you. Yeah, years upon years ago, this is when you had fallen off that cliff, and uh, it was a good cliff. Yeah, Ashley took over. WWE Network, NXT UK at three, Access TV for Impact Wrestling at eight. Some non-sports highlights. Uh, non-sports, not a whole lot going on on these Thursday nights, but there is a uh, Good Girls on NBC at ten. If you're into that, uh, Kimmel has a double dose, neither of which hosted by Kimmel. Anthony Anderson at eight for the NBA Finals game night, and then uh, following Wanda Sykes hosts with uh, Nick Kroll. Uh, yeah, he somehow gets like the whole summer off or something yeah, like that. Know. It's a really weird. Macy bit. Gray is on that. How about that? What's she doing? Uh, singing, presumably. I mean, uh, you say that, but like, do you know that? <laughs> no. Do yeah. some mirror on at eleven. Ah, you you sound a little Macy Gray like earlier this week. Ah, uh, true. Yeah. Um, Discovery Channel when sharks attack at eight, and the croc that ate Jaws at nine. I doubt that that's factual, but we'll see. All right. That's is that it? it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Very good. All right, uh, thanks today to Drew Forrester. Thanks also to Adam Rank from NFL.com. Thanks to Gunnar Henderson. Thanks to Greg Amsinger, MLB Network. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the tab at glennclarkradio.com. Gonzalez will join us tomorrow morning and a a replete full of guests, of which I cannot even name. They are so important because they have not been booked yet. Not a great sign. Not a great sign. You know, irons and fires, stuff and things. We will see. But um, I want to thank uh, KZ, Stan, Paul, Kyle, Jack for uh, taking lifting me up the next couple of weeks so I can go down and see my grandfather before he passes away and um, uh, spend some time with the family. So uh, looking forward to doing all that over the course of the next two and a half weeks. Uh, th- we will do one more episode of Courts of Thunder. This is, this is how dumb I am. I'm going to the beach this weekend with my father-in-law. Just spending a weekend at the beach. I'm going to drive back, come in studio. I think we're going to do it live on YouTube. Which after beach the, are you going to? We're going to Henlopen. That's where we're headed. We're headed to Henlopen this where weekend. It's in Delaware. Delaware? Yeah, okay. it's in Delaware. It's not far from you know Lewis and all that. And all that. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go there. I'll come back on Sunday. I'm leaving tomorrow morning. Come back on Sunday. Come in studio. Do the final Courts of Thunder for Wimbledon. Then get back in my car Sunday night with my father and my two kids to drive to Georgia. Then get back from Georgia and immediately drive to another beach. You planned it well. Not not well thought out, but this is when we got the time. This is when we can do it, so that's when we're doing it. And appreciate everybody pitching in and helping out so that I could spend some time with the family for the next couple of weeks. I'll be back on the 26th, uh, KZ, with you tomorrow and next week, as I mentioned. And um, we'll have a jobbing out, too, before I depart as well. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, K&S Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the BMW Championship, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. 
Thanks to Young Jack. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter, at K. Ottenheimer. Follow us, at Glenn Clark Radio, and at Glenn Clark Radio on Instagram. Have a great Thursday night. Go Birds, go Suns. Have a great next couple of weeks. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.